0: Welcome to the Friendly Sparring Podcast. The podcast that didn't have an intro planned, <laughs> it just fucking went and go.
1: Yeah, uh, we're audio only today. Uh, we are in person. Hey, uh, we're in the man cave. We are in the, the, uh, the historic man cave here at the Crossin' Residence Or really, it's the Seabridge residence, because she makes more money than I do. I don't
0: know if that's the deciding factor, but... So this is her house. It's hyphenated. It's the Seabridge Crossing residence. Yeah, there we go. There we go.
1: All right. Um, So yeah, it's been a month since we recorded, as kind of... Is our theme. Is our theme lately. Um, Are you done with plays for the rest of the year?
0: Yes and no. Okay. Um... (laughs) <laughs> I that seems and, like a yes
1: or no or no question.
0: <laughs> yeah, not a yes and no. Um, I <coughs> I'm doing a show called Arsenic and Old Lace. Um, they made a movie about it, or uh, they made it into a movie with Cary Grant back in the '40s or something. But um, it's uh, it's a play that I'm doing at that dessert theater place I've told you about mm-hmm. that I hate but it's my last show i already committed to this. I got a final they rehearse in december and go up in january so like okay no performances for the end of the year um which actually should allow us to to get in some some episodes yeah. you know then yeah so um,
1: yeah the, the this friday time is really what works best for for me yeah um
0: and maybe we'll do it one next friday before your show in atlantic city yeah
1: i'm excited about that uh yeah. Yeah. The guy. Um, me and my
0: partner's booked a room to go see you.
1: Yeah. the The guy who runs it um, sent me a message yesterday and was like, "Hey, you already got eight people to sign and I get fifty percent of the ticket sales." Oh, nice. Yeah. So this Fuck is yeah, the dude. first show I'm actually being paid for. I was gonna um, ask. Th-
0: that's great. Yeah. That's so I get fifty awesome.
1: percent of the ticket sales, and my um, a lot of my family is coming, and they haven't bought none of them have bought tickets yet. So it's. Great. So we're, I'm looking like there's gonna be like 20 people there, and I get $25 a ticket. So we're looking at some gambling money for the evening. <laughs>
0: wait, so the tickets are $25? Oh, right. People. I was so thinking I was thinking they were 50. Okay, okay, so yeah.
1: So, but yeah, yeah. that's. Because
0: I, I was like, oh, 25, not bad. But then I was like, I should still wait till I get yeah. So
1: the you said you booked a room at yes. the Trop, right? Yeah. How much was your room, if you don't mind me asking? Because I booked my room yesterday, and I was shocked at the price.
0: In a good way. Yes. Okay. So one of my partners was looking, and she was like, well, she looked last week when we initially talked about it. I think when I, you put a post, and I tagged them. Um, and uh, I was like, you know, she, she was talking about it, and she was like, looks like I can get a room for like 120. And I'm like, that's not bad. And then the other night, you're going to be mad. Um, when we booked it, like, like I told you, she was like, it's saying comp.
1: Nice. <laughs> so she got comp. Nice. Yeah, the the trop was my go-to spot back when I would go to AC all the time and I could get comp rooms any day of the week and I haven't gone in well over a year at least um and so I my rooms are no longer comped but it was like 60 bucks that's, for a Friday night I'm like I'm like amazing. this sounds yeah. odd yeah this sounds sketchy because like the night before, Thursday night was like two fifty, which is what I was expecting for a room to be on Friday night. I'm like, "This is yeah. weird. Why is this? Like, what is happening on the 17th that they're like desperately trying to get people in there?" I don't know. Me neither, but I, I'll take the sixty dollar fucking room in Atlantic City. Yeah, hell
0: yeah, which, which is like, if people don't <laughs> know, like Atlantic City is like mini Vegas in a yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the Vegas of the East Coast.
1: I've never been to Vegas, so I I, I can't uh, I can't judge, but. I know people that have been to Vegas and they go, if you like Atlantic City, don't go to Vegas because then you will hate Atlantic City. So I'm like, not that I have plans to go to Vegas, I'm poor as shit, uh, but like everyone tells me that like if you re- if you enjoy Atlantic City, you should probably avoid Vegas unless you can have enough money to go to Vegas at least once a year.
0: I don't know. For me, maybe it's because I grew up there. Atlantic City reminds me of home. Mm-hmm. It's where like it doesn't, I guess if it's, it was the other way around, maybe I would feel differently. Um, but also, like, Vegas can be, like, really expensive, too. So, like, it's a treat. Whereas, yeah. like, AC is, like, hey, I can just go down and, like, yeah. you know what I mean? So...
1: Are you a gambler?
0: No. I. So, I think it's because my dad, when I was growing up, he worked for a, like, a sports book mm-hmm. as a professional handicapper. Oh, wow. He would, oh, like, wow. set the odds or, like, give people advice or something. And then he um, he eventually went into business for himself and did that. He had a business called The Sports Guru. Okay. Cool thing, where he would give betting tips and things like that and make money that way. Um, and uh, he always told me the house always wins. Yeah. And like growing up in Vegas, I would see like, how, like what it does to people. So like the only gambling I've done really is uh, um, I went with, um, with Kate for uh, her birthday – i want to say like 2015 2016 something like that and uh i I, that was the first time i had been since turning 21 because i was 21 in in la right so like i was like let me let me just do a little we like we both took out 20 bucks turned into coins or whatever and uh played the slots okay and uh there was a point like and it really is like this is where i could see myself getting like whatever especially because like there was a the one I was playing at where I was like you could win this car and I was like okay and uh, I ended up uh, striking out on a lot of things and then I, I one time I was playing like nickel slots or something cheap or, or like quarter even or whatever and then I ended up winning 12 bucks in one thing which is not great but for the what I was putting in but when in, you put a
1: nickel in that's yeah. yeah
0: I was like huh and then I was like that ended up being my total winnings. Okay. And I was like, so I lost eight dollars because yeah. I put in twenty. So it was yeah. just like, yeah. you know. But but like each time you feel like, oh my odds reset. It's like yeah. they call it the gambler's fallacy. Um, and it, yeah, it, I don't know enough about like craps and poker and stuff to right. to really do those.
1: So it's funny you mentioned the gambler's fallacy is. <laughs> <laughs> I had this idea, and I have a buddy who's like really big into gambling. Like poker and all that kind of shit and I used to go with him all the time and then I had this idea and it worked many times and it used to fucking infuriate him because it's such a fucking stupid idea but then it didn't work for a long time so here was my idea I would go down with $500 and I would get uh, $25 chips and I would go to roulette and I would pick one number and I would just put a $25 chip on that number one every spin I'm like, that's gotta hit that's twenty spins in a row. It's got to hit once, and he's like, that's not how it works. Like it's your odds are one for thirty six every, every spin. Time. It's yeah. not like oh this time it landed four and now four is gone. Now you're yeah, like you're, yeah. it's like that's not how it works. I'm yeah. like you watch, and we went like three or four weeks in a row, and I just it hit <laughs> yeah. every time. And he was like, what the fuck?
2: <laughs> and then
1: <laughs> and then there was a couple of times where he didn't come. And it didn't hit, but I didn't tell him. I didn't tell him when he wasn't there. And then the next time I would go with him, it would hit. And he's just so like, dude, it, it must have worked like six or seven times in a row. But it it didn't work more times than it did. Right. But I'm like, this is a good idea. Because it kept working. It's so fucking stupid. But my favorite gambling story of all time is I was in Atlantic City. And I went down. I think I brought $1,000. Um, I was working uh, for like a, I used to drive a truck overnight The bread, the bread. Yeah, and I got paid in cash and I was making a thousand dollars cash every week. So I would, I went down with, uh, with that, uh, my weekly earnings that week and I'm on the roulette table and I'm playing with hundred dollar chips, but I'm playing like the outside. So like the first third, the second third, and I'm, so I'm putting like a hundred bucks on this third. And then I, I must've hit 14 spins in a row just guessing the third so I'm just like I have so much 100 dollar chips on the table. Oh, shit. And then I was like, dude, I'm going big. I put <laughs> I put 200 on the what? second third. I put 200 on black and I put 100 on number 17. Spin. Black 17 hits. I won like 5 grand on one spin. I go fucking berserk. I start like jumping, I'm going crazy. And the and then the guy that was standing next to me, I stepped on his shoe, and he was like, M-. "He was like, dude, what the fuck? Like, these are brand fucking new, and like you scuffed them up." I took a hundred dollar chip. I said, "Buy yourself a new pair. Get out of my fucking face."
3: Amazing.
0: <laughs> Buy yourself yeah, a new pair. Yeah,
1: there you go. He was like, yeah. "For real?" I'm like, "Yeah, get the fuck out of here. Leave me
3: alone." Like, take... <laughs> like compliments, God, of the yeah, compliments, compliments of the Tropicana. Compliments
0: of the Tropicana.
1: <laughs> oh and then God. and then we had friends who were staying at harrah's i think so we were like yo let's go over to harrah's but let's take a fucking limo <laughs> so i cash out i got a fucking stack of five g's and uh it was like january it was right after christmas so we go outside we're like yo let's get a limo so we're, they're like all right it's coming
0: and this is pre-covid right yeah yeah this I was remember, many years remember,
1: ago yeah so i we're standing outside like freezing our balls off because we're just wearing t-shirts because we're inside the whole day so yeah. why bring a sweatshirt with us oh my God. so we're waiting for the limo like 20 minutes go by we're standing in the cold we're like dude fuck this limo we just grabbed it like I, I don't know if the limo ever came up and picked up somebody random but like we were waiting for the limo and then we just got in a cab and then we got over to harrah's and the guy was like oh twelve dollars whatever i gave him a i gave him 200 bucks and he was like sir i said ten dollars i was like yeah merry christmas so now like I'm poor, so I have five Gs, and I'm just throwing money around. Can you imagine me as a fucking billionaire? Like, dude, it'd be crazy. Um, You're
0: like, you look poor. Would you like some money? Yeah, like (laughs) that's that's exactly what I would do,
1: and that's why I'll never be a billionaire. Like, it's it's like I have this thought often of like, why do people that make so much money continue working? Like, if you gave me ten million dollars right now, I would never work another day in my life. But then you got these guys that make that every week, and it's like, well, that's why you don't make that kind of money because you need to be a special kind of crazy, yeah, to work exactly. that hard to get that money. Um, but yeah, those those are my two favorite gambling stories. Those are, that's those are great. stories. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to get a new gambling story next week.
0: <laughs> well, we'll see. Like I said, we're 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 really excited about it.
1: Yeah, I thank you for coming. Um, thank you. Uh, you came to the Vogel Show. I'm excited about it AC did. and. Uh, Appreciate it. Yeah, Definitely, my uh, third
0: time. Third time's a charm. Oh, that's
1: right. You came to the rumson show. I did I a did. show in uh, in Rumsen at a bar. Um, last minute, it was like the show was was it was like a Thursday, right? Yeah, it was guy like, called me on Tuesday. It was like you can come in and do as much time as you want. And I was like, oh shit, like a little more notice would have been nice, yeah, but like sure. Yeah, it was a fucking fun night. Really fun.
0: Yeah, and it worked out perfectly because I, I had a date lined up, and I was just like, well we were already doing dinner and movie i was like how about we do dinner at this place and we'll see my buddy do comedy yeah
1: that's, she was super sweet yeah um yeah, she really had a good fun time. yeah it was fun I, i'm glad she had a good time uh i and thought she's I, coming to the top show oh cool yeah i think i had the best set of everyone there no yeah. offense um just beware i'm doing a lot of the same jokes that that's i did fine. at the Rumswood show. Um, Still laugh as as much yeah. as, as possible.
0: You know what? You know who said I, I did like because like I did not like the guy. I guess was hosting it. That you said maybe about it. the one who do, was like the former cop that had all those jokes mm-hmm. at the Vogel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was just like, like the one thing about like the hood of Rumson, I'm like, that's a local joke. No one yeah. gives a fuck about that joke. But like, well, in
1: Rumson, most of the people that were from Rumson. Yeah, I, that, yeah that it, it worked.
0: It Yeah. Worked. yeah the, the other one, the one was whatever. Yeah. So I guess okay. I just yeah. that's always how my mind thinks. Yeah. But the one guy who actually was talking about hall passes and was talking about, like, oh, the 80 year old, we're on a cruise. I'm like, come here, Doris. Or, yeah, yeah. I thought that was so funny.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That guy's fun. I, that's uh, Dave Hodge. I like Dave, Dave a lot. Hodge. Yeah. He's great. Um, I, did, I hated Dave Hodge when I first started comedy because oh. the, the first, and it wasn't entirely his fault, as I've learned. Um, there's another guy who does comedy locally. Who's, a, who's from England. He's a British guy. Oh, okay. And he he he's like the most obsessed with comedy of anybody I've ever met. Like he goes up 7 days a week, multiple times a night. Like he's fucking going for it. I totally it's a respect it. mentality. But he finds the need to try to help with oh. every joke. So like if someone oh. at an open mic is saying something and he has a tag in his head, he'll yell it out. For every comic. It's very annoying. And when I first started, he would do it sitting in the front row, like, right up front. And then he would turn to this guy, Dave, and, like, say something to Dave while people are talking. And he would just do that with it. I'm like, dude, if you want to talk during, like, go sit in the back. Like, you sitting yeah. right up front. It fucking infuriated me. Yeah. Um, but right then I learned so. when Dave is around and the British guy is not, he doesn't do that. So I was like, oh, it's not Dave's fault. Like, oh, okay. Dave's yeah. great. Like, it's just when he's sitting next British to guy. this fucking guy. Yeah, so Dave's great. Limey, fuck. Um, Just
0: kidding. We love our British listeners. Yeah, yeah. No, he's <laughs> he, he's he's
1: a bit much, that guy. But yeah. I mean, he's a good connect to have because he does comedy everywhere. So I, no. I I try to be as nice to him as possible, even though I'm like I don't like you very much. <laughs> I guess yeah, I'm saying. I don't.
0: You've already learned the most valuable networking. Skill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly.
1: Um, so let's get to the fights that oh, we've missed. Uh, we've Missed a lot. We missed quite a few. And as I
0: as I posted like. I, there was actually the, night (coughs) um, the last week's fight, the Louis Almeida fight, um, some friends of mine, I I don't know if I told you this. I recently started doing D and D, um, Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Um, recently got like involved in this campaign and, um, the, the guy who runs it, the, the DM, he recently broke up with this girl who does theater in like the local scene that like we have a lot of mutual friends and like has done shows with my wife. (laughs) Ex-wife, <laughs> sorry. um They they were ho- they still lived together and they were hosting a party at their house. And I was like, that sounds great. Like all of our friends were there. But I was like, I have not watched the UFC in three months. I don't care what kind of fucking card it is. I'm watching. Right. And like, it was a missable card. Like if yeah. I had been steadily watching, I'd be like, um I'll no catch the main event later. But like, yeah. I was like, no, I'm watching all these fights, and like, I had a great time.
1: Yeah, um, so we do want to start with yeah. Let's back. I, I, I
0: jumped ahead. I just wanted to no, put no, that's good. Okay. Yeah,
1: I yeah, just wanted to get, give a personal update there. Uh, so we wanted to start with the Islam card, um, just like the three main cards uh, the three main fights, uh, Uncle Ive and Johnny Walker. Did you? S- you said you didn't see the card, but did you see the ending yeah. sequence, the highlight? I
0: saw the ending sequence and, and the highlight, and I saw the fucking Doctor, and, like, they botched that whole thing. Yeah,
1: that Doctor was on one that night.
0: And, like, I've seen, uh, there's been a lot of conversation about it, like, recently, cause I, especially, like, Anthony Smith was just on aerial show. Right. Like, that's your division. You know, you fought these guys. What, like... Bring a translator. Yeah. Neither of these two gentlemen in English is, like... English is not their first language. Yeah. Bring a a translator. And I think Anthony
1: Smith is right that the referee doesn't have to listen to the doctor. Yeah. Like I'm pretty sure. Ask you about that. Yeah. I I, I don't remember the exact answer, but I'm almost positive he's right that it's like a doctor's recommendation, and then it's the ref has the final say. Now I don't think it's ever happened where a ref has overridden a doctor's decision. But I think in that instance, it was pretty clear that Johnny Walker was okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, th- there's been other times where you see people get kneed in the head, and that, like Aljo, for instance, like, yeah. Whether he was faking or not, he did not want to continue fighting. Yeah. He was not capable of continuing fighting. Right. Whether he was faking it and was broken mentally or was actually injured, Aljo's the only one who knows the answer to that question. Right. I seem to think he was faking it. I have no idea, but he could he could not continue. Johnny Walker could continue. I could see that through the television. Like, he was good to go. Especially when the fight was called and he then tried pissing. to continue fighting. Yeah. <laughs> so, it was... Uh, but my, my... I think the biggest botch of it all was that it wasn't a DQ loss.
0: Yeah. I I, I feel so strong. Like, I'm, I'm with Ariel. I know a lot of times I say that and, like, I kind of drink the Kool-Aid a lot. Because, like, you know, getting into MMA was, like, his show was a big part of that. But... What's intentional? Yeah. The guy threw a knee; it landed. Yeah. Like it wasn't like like you could make a case about an eye poke being unintentional, right? Because that's whatever. A knee is that's a strike. Yeah. That's a, that's a deliver blow. That there's no fucking way. Like it and it's not
1: like Johnny Walker was playing in that game where he's like knee down, knee up, knee down, knee up. Like yeah. Well, his knee was up when I threw the strike, and then he exactly. And then by the time it landed, his no. knee was down. It wasn't that he was down; his knee was down for several seconds. You threw it. With the intention of kneeing him in the head. Whether you knew he was down or not, it doesn't yeah. really matter. He was. Yeah. Like, it's your job to know. If you didn't know because you weren't paying attention, that's called a foul. That's yeah. an illegal strike. Enough
0: and Enough said. Yeah. Like, like, what about that as a no contest? Yeah. I, like,
1: that I, I thought of the whole thing, that was the biggest botch of it all. Yeah. Yeah. I, if, if I were Johnny Walker, I would say, like, I, I don't know if you can appeal that and try to get it a DQ loss. I don't know exactly that. But I'd be like, I'm not fucking fighting that guy again. That guy's a douche. That guy's a dirty fighter. Fuck that guy. Um, But I don't know where he would go otherwise. That's, like, the one that makes the most sense to get, like, a definitive answer. Yeah. But it was a a pretty good fight. Um,
0: And Johnny Walker was, like... You know, we've been having this conversation about him, about, like... Since he went to Ireland, they kind of, like, took away his thing that made him unique. Yeah. like, all the crazy spinning shit and just like creativity in general with the striking like and he's starting to get some of that back he's starting to be more violent and he's starting to like you know like hearing him on Arrow Show 2 he was like I want to fight bro I came to fight and I was just like that Brazilian
1: accent like everyone sounds the same all the Brazilians that speak English like yeah they're really hard to tell apart they all sound a a lot alike Um, so next we had the Chemayev and Usman fight. Uh, Usman wins that fight on a full camp. Yeah. No questions asked. Or he wins that fight if, if it's, it's five, five rounds. rounds. yeah. Apparently, Usman was offered five rounds. I don't know why. I don't know if that's true, but I did read that somewhere, that he was offered five rounds yeah. and said no because it was short notice. Um, but the fight wasn't originally scheduled, like with Hamzat and... Costa it wasn't originally right. scheduled for five rounds so I don't know why they would change that last minute uh, but well,
0: they kind of did, did they did that with Bilal and Gilbert didn't they I don't know if they were one of them was a replacement or if they just like added that fight to the card yeah. short notice yeah I remember or, like that. that was all they thing. like oh we want five rounds like it wouldn't normally have been a five round, yeah, during, right. like, five round co-main.
1: yeah that whole like we can give five rounds whenever we want it kind of it's kind of getting annoying it like, is I agree like they did it to, for Nate to try to, yeah, you know, help Nate, Nate yeah. out, whatever. Uh, and then, I feel like they did it with Nate another time. Who was, was it? Na- was it
0: Nate and Tony? or was that the main? Because I feel, I feel like Nate stopped him in the fourth.
1: Yeah, I think that was five rounds. I don't remember if that was the, main event, was the main event though. I don't remember. Um, like just, yeah. And and I actually, I don't want to say I I entirely agree with Chael here, but. Chael has the opinion of like the championship in any other sport isn't any longer than it's the same game. So like make all the fights five rounds or make all the fights three rounds. Yeah. And while I, I get his point, I don't entirely disagree, but I also don't entirely agree either, because when you think of all of the greatest fights that have ever happened in the history of this sport. 90% 90% of them are five-rounders. Yeah. Like, most of them.
0: But it's also... There, there's a few five-rounders that are non-title fights, but for the most part, it's title fights. So yeah. I think it's, like, people going for a goal. Yeah. It's like, that, this is the biggest shot. Yeah.
1: And he does make the point of, like, sure, like there's a ton of great five-round main event fights, but there's also more duds than, than excellent, like, yeah. world-beater fights. I get his point, but... You know when he makes the point of like the championship game in the yeah. NBA isn't six quarters as opposed to four, like it's it's still no, a four yeah. quarter game. So, I I do uh, I do like that point. I I, I don't I, really.
0: I think the reason for that, and I'm kind of digesting. I'm playing devil's advocate a little bit. Is like over the course of four quarters in basketball, four quarters in football, however many periods in hockey. But what I? What I? I thought it was three, but I wasn't sure. Um, by the way this after i'm going to a devil's game um, it, I'm a <laughs> fan. um but uh there's enough time for it to get figured out yeah how many three rounds fights do we go Ah, oh, if the guy just had another round or whatever yeah. like you don't hear that in a five round fight yeah like, sometimes there's like oh well, that guy could have gone 10 or whatever but there's a clear winner yeah like, yeah with those those other you know <coughs> contests it's it's you have enough time to figure it out right and like i, I almost want to say like I like five minute rounds in MMA but what if they switch to like five three minute rounds yeah
1: yeah I mean it,
0: the, the shorter I, rounds don't benefit grapplers and that's the all. shitty part yeah yeah
1: um yeah I don't know Let's Do but, what pride uh, did. 10 yeah. minute
0: first round then two. Five yeah go rounds. back to the pride rules yeah
1: um and then Islam
0: Volk. <sighs> this is where I'm gonna just be like a staunch Volk supporter because like I don't know. I was drinking the Kool-Aid. I was like, you know, he almost had him in the first fight. Like, he's going to, you know, he, he knows something. That's why he took this fight. And then it turns out, like, exactly what is meant to happen on short notice. Like, you yeah. know, he wasn't training, you know, hard. Islam smoked him. And then you hear him in the press conference talk about why he took it. Yeah. I was just like. The
1: thing, the thing that bothered me about that was they had a backup fighter.
0: Yes. Matos Gamera.
1: Like, one of the guys gets injured, and then they bring in somebody else that's not the backup. Like, that. Like I, I preferred the Volk fight, but it just didn't make sense. And apparently they called Poirier too, which he also accepted. So like, you have a guy that's. I thought he didn't
0: accept. I thought that's why.
1: No, he he claimed that he did say yes, and then they decided with Volk anyway. Um, But like. Why pay a guy to go through a training camp and weigh in as the backup fighter if yeah. when someone gets hurt you're not going to give him the title fight? And now that Islam won, he's still not getting the title fight. Like it's it's. I've heard rumors of Charles, yeah, which I'm not a fan of. I'd rather Gaethje, but the lightweight division yeah. is just in chaos yeah, right now. It
0: is, and like I want that Gaethje fight too. And Charles already didn't have a shot, but he was booked. Yeah. Like, that's the one thing where I'm like, yo, give it to Charles. Yeah. Um, but it does suck, too, because, like, he's now, you've now spoiled the rematch. Mm-hmm. You've now, like, and, and even Volk said this before the fight on Arrow Show. He was like, I know if I lose this, I'm not getting a, another shot at him. Like, yeah. that's it. And, like, that was one of the greatest fights we've ever seen and could have been a great rematch and it now it turned into like you know Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think I think the only way he could possibly go back get back at Islam is if he vacates 45, moves up yep. and works his or way is, through, yeah. the, through the through exactly. the weight class. Um
0: And by then he would, you know. I mean, I, I
1: he's I don't he's very skilled and he can beat a lot of the 55ers, but he's he's small. He's small. I yeah. just don't think he's 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 big enough to compete in that weight class, even though he competed with the champion. But like, yeah, I just I when don't I get you like the yeah, Jalen Turners of the world, right? Right? Yeah, like just,
0: his boy Dan Hooker. Yeah, he's he's just so conflict. small. Yeah, yeah, but and it's it, weird too because like they were talking about the size difference between him and Max, and he was like, "I've got a longer reach." Yeah, on paper, like he does have these long limbs, yeah, but like yeah. the height disparity matters yeah, at certain point. Yeah,
2: I
1: mean. Yeah, just like got him against guys like Poirier and Gaethje, I just don't think would go well. Even though he like I keep saying like he did well yeah. against Islam, and I thought won the fight. It, it's just I don't I don't know what it is where I just I don't want to see him at fifty five. Yeah. Um, but if he beats Deporia, who the fuck else does he have at forty five? Like that's yeah. the whole division that he ran through. But Deporia that guy, man. I don't think he's I I don't think he's gonna beat Alex, but he's yeah. really fucking good.
0: He's really good fucking good. And it's like if you were if the if the Islam fight the Islam Volk fight that we just saw, if that didn't happen, there would be almost no question in my mind that Volk pretty much runs through Taporia. Or not runs through, probably a little competitive, but he gets the job done pretty yeah. easily. Now I don't know, especially yeah. he's knocked out and they're talking about a semi quick turnaround yeah. and like I don't yeah. know, man.
1: February, I think they announced. Yeah. For
0: there's like the, there's the confidence there, and then like he's a competitor, he's gonna want to right that wrong. Yeah. Like, like similar to like when when uh, DC got you know head kicked by John Jones, and then all of a sudden was the champ again because Jones fucked up, and then he went to that Vol- uh, I would say Vol- the Vulcan Uzdemir fight with like something to prove. Mm-hmm. Um, like we could see something like <clears> that, <throat> but we could also see. A guy facing Ilya, who is really good, and can grapple, can strike, and gives him a fucking hard time. Yeah,
1: that that's, of the title fights they just announced, that's the one I'm most looking forward to, for yeah. sure.
0: I'm yeah, gonna, I'm gonna be nervous as shit. Yeah. Especially because, like, Volk, I've now become, like, he's one of my guys, where I want to see him do well, because it's just so, so great, and I want to see him go down as, like, one of the greats. He already kind of is, you know, on his way to, but, like... I also really like Ilya. Yeah, I love. I, like him I love his accent. I yeah. love his swagger. Like, like I love his fighting style. Yeah, I love that he beat the shit out of Ryan Hall
1: and uh, Bryce Mitchell.
0: Oh fuck yeah! He beat just the, like,
1: he beat the flat earth right into him.
0: <laughs> How can you tell me there's not flat, brother? He pounded me into it.
1: Yeah, I not. I didn't feel no curve when I was laying flat on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking idiot idiot <laughs> um, <laughs> all right that brings us to uh this past week's fights um i only saw the main event so if there's any fight on the undercard
0: yeah let me see you know, what do we like have this. um because they weren't so a couple couple shout outs um uh, i i always like mark jacquesie and I feel like I may have told the a story a story on my show in the past, but I don't know if um, you remember. Did I tell you about? Um, uh, <laughs> did I tell you about um, a time Mark Dickazy was on another podcast called the WOCast with um, Gina from Twitter and Mike Morgan, who's like a journalist and MMA covers things. He had he was fighting Stevie Ray, the Scottish guy, when he was still in the UFC. He had both Mark Giacasey and Stevie Ray on the show at the same time, and they were asking for questions, and I sent in a voice question. I, do you remember this Sounds story?
1: familiar, but I, I don't remember how it ends. So, so like,
0: I, I I the first time I saw Mark Giacasey was uh, the Bisping Silver card in, in the UK. He knocked out a guy – or no, I'm sorry. I forget what card it was. It was after that because the Bisping Silver card – uh, there was this guy from Finland who I, I think no longer fights in the UFC called Timu Pakalen, and he, he got a submission in, like, 20 seconds. And that was just, like, when I was still watching, like, learning what jujitsu was, and I was like, what the fuck was that? He just smoked that. It was just, like, insane. And so then Mark Casey was there, and he has the fucking red mohawk, and I'm like, oh, this guy looks badass. And But I was like, oh, but this this other guy from Finland, he's really good. And then Mark Casey lends this spin kick, like, literally – not like an Edson Barboza wheel kick, like he kind of like threw one. It was almost like he was in the air. I got I got to find the clip or something because he like threw one to get the distance and then quickly spun around for the other one and knocked him just flat, just like timber. Holy shit! Like I don't remember it was that. fucking. It was like a minute. This fight. Huh. Uh, it was like it was like 57 seconds or something. Um, and I I called in to the podcast or, or whatever with the with the voice question and I was like oh. I uh, and I didn't know they were both. No, I did know. I think I did know they were both going to be there. And I was like, "Oh, I love this matchup. Uh, you know, Mark J. Casey is one of my favorite fighters. Question for him, or uh, my favorite knockout, is, our favorite fight of his is when he knocked out Timu Paklen with that spin kick." question for you how are you gonna do that to stevie ray or whatever and stevie got so mad he was like you're athletic you're not you're not going to do that to me you're just athletic i'm going to be on the inside he just went on this whole fucking like scottish tirade i was just like who who won that fight (laughs) actually i don't know it might have been stevie ray to be honest with you oh yeah so that's what team impact what is it 50 i don't know 30 seconds 30 seconds uh dakar da, 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 da. Damn, did they? Did they even? Oh, they must have. the The fight must have got canceled. Must have got canceled. Yeah. They must have never fought. I thought. I thought they did fight. They must have been booked a few times. That that sounds familiar now. I think. Oh, that's right. Stevie had like an injury and uh, it was like a rib thing and he left mm. the UFC or something like that. But yeah, um, I fucking do not like Dakar Close. Do not like him at all. Fuck him. Fuck Dakar Close. Um, but yeah, he. Uh, I was I was telling um, I was telling my it was Natalie that you met at the at the thing she was watching the fights with me and I was like you know I like this guy um, I hope he wins and he was fighting a Brazilian so I was like let's see but he ended up getting the nod and I was I was like really happy for him he kind of had like a, a little emotional post fight speech but other than that most of the fights were well no Angela Hill had a good fight where like. I was happy because it, it wasn't close. I mean, it was close in a sense, but, like, it wasn't one of her typical split decisions where right. it's, like, you know, could have gone either way. Like, she, she definitely earned that fight. Um, am I wrong? Was Loopy on this card? Did uh, I make that up?
1: It doesn't look like it.
0: No, I guess not. I Maybe mean, I'm thinking of Montserrat Ruiz. She got the piss beat out of her. That that second fight, Eduardo uh, Maura, uh, Montserrat Ruiz. Just, like, oh, Eduarda got, got, like, I think she got, like, half guard and ended up getting side mount and just fucking mauled the shit out of her. But, uh, oh, the Elvis Brenner fight was really good, too. Elvis Brenner versus whatever. That's the guy that had, uh, um, do you remember, do you know that, that guy from Georgia, Garam Kutalidze or something? He's, like, he looks like fucking Kratos, whatever the god of, the mm-hmm. god of war. Mm-hmm. He's, like, bald with a fucking huge beard. Love that. Um, Elvis Brenner and him had a had a sick fight at the Apex where like they were just going at it and like Elvis Brenner did that he's Brazilian he had like his fucking hair bleached blonde and the blood was getting to look like he had oh, like pink hair that. it was so insane but like they he came back in this fight and they had a had a good fight Charles was in his corner um, Charles Olivera, I mean, Caio Bojio had a weird fight well I don't say weird fight it was like a good fight. But it was against the guy that like Sean Strickland kind of smoked, not for nothing, that Abus Magomedov. And he gets on the mic and he's like, I'm calling out DDP. We're going to fight and then I'm going to fight Sean Strickland or whatever. Like Had this whole thing where I was like, I don't know that that performance, what you just did, warrants That's like, a, it a call sounds like, out like it that. It sounds like
1: that card was, was full of weird post-fight speeches because Jelton Almeida... <laughs> put on the snooze fest of a lifetime, and then yeah. was like, "You guys happy I put on a show?" Like, yeah. no, you didn't. That was not a show. That was horrific. It, yeah,
0: it was. It was dominance, but it was like you're you're facing a guy on short notice who's you're supposed to be his kryptonite with your grappling.
1: I would rather watch Derek Lewis versus Francis Ngannou than rewatch that fight. <laughs> that was. Horrific to watch. <laughs> it was not interesting. It was not compelling. I was not at all concerned for Derek Lewis when <laughs> when Jelton Almeida mounted him. Yeah, immediately, I was not like, "Oh shit!" Right. Like in the first round, I was. Yeah, and then after Cause I cause saw, he
0: dropped him with a with a with, it was a head kick or something. something yeah, like... I don't
1: remember. Yeah, and then like Jelton Almeida just stood up from the mount. And Derek Lewis didn't move. I'm like, this is fucking horrific. This is yeah. terrible to watch. And then any other time after that where Jelton got him down and passed his guard and got to mount immediately, I was like, all right, I'm not concerned for Derek here at all. And then he let, He got 50-40 forward and left without a mark on his face. It was horrific to watch. I yeah. hated it. Um, yeah, yeah. Was and there was one
0: moment, it might have been in the final round, or the, it was either the fourth or the fifth round, where uh, he he was going really hard in a takedown, and Derek's takedown defense was so good. And he was like, he really like did the underhooks and kind of switched, and I was like, oh my god, is he going to do something? But then he, he got into the cage, got him down, I was like, fuck.
1: Yeah, I don't know what, like, if that Jelton Almeida showed up against Curtis Blades, Curtis Blades would have fucking killed him. Yeah. And then he calls out fucking Low Cyril Gahn. Oh, even worse. Yeah. Uh, fuck, dude. Yeah, it was it was not entertaining. And then for him to go call out Cyril Gaon, like he just did something. Like, yeah. yeah, he's won what five in a row, six in a row, Let whatever. Me fight it is. another
0: striker with no takedown defense, yeah, please. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, it was it was not. It was a big step back for him. It was his yeah. most dominant performance, arguably. And it was a a step back, and I hated it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting, because he's been, like, just smoking dudes, and then now he's, like, he gets, like, a little bit of a tough test, and he's, like, oh, let me show I can fight five rounds. It was almost like he was trying to pace himself.
1: Yeah, it was, yeah, I don't know what he was trying to prove, but, like, yeah, let's look through his his Wikipedia here. He is... Second round submission choke on Contender Series. First round knockout. First round submission. First round submission. Second round knockout. Uh first round submission against Rosenstrike. Like yeah. I I don't understand how you go from all that to laying and praying on Derek Lewis. I didn't I didn't I hated it. I hated yeah. it a lot.
0: Yeah, it was not it was not great. I I will say there was other It was like the heavyweight Mirab. Um, yeah. <laughs> but less exciting. I will say the Dolby fight I Dalby think rules. I think that's worth rewatching dude. The Dolby Bonfim because especially like the Bonfim brothers are just like smoking dudes as well yeah, and yeah. like people kind of count them out but apparently Dolby is like 3 and 0 in Brazil and 5 and 0 against Brazilians. Yeah. And uh yeah, I fucking love Nicholas Dolby too. Yeah, Dolby
1: was on Ariel's show and I went to like his Wikipedia. He started his career 14 and 0. Yeah. And then he had a the draw, draw Darren against Till. Darren Till. And then he lost two. And then he went back to Cage Warriors and won the yeah. welterweight title.
0: He really had to, like, claw his way back to and the And then UFC. he came
1: back. But he's, like, 40.
0: He also randomly he's had, like, I don't know if it says this anywhere on his Wikipedia page. I learned this in one interview with him on aerial show, I think. Where, like, he actually used to be a photographer. And he he worked back, backstage at some events. Like, I think. At uh, UFC events? Yeah, really? UFC events. Like, Interesting. he. Uh, has done some... He's done an interesting life. Interesting.
1: Yeah, and he's almost like 40, so... Yeah. All right. To the big one. Tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. UFC. Do, you, do we want
0: to take a break and do the forum and do this at the end or you want to... Oh, do, that's right. I, you forget how I, our I show did the, goes. I did this last yeah. night too. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, let's take a break. Or, real quick, do you want to talk about Francis oh. and Tyson? Oh, yeah. We have, yeah. We, have, we
0: have space for that. We have plenty yeah. of time.
1: So... I got some thoughts. Okay. So here are my thoughts. (coughs) The people that are singing Francis's praises in a way that are like, see, I told you so, are fucking assholes. Like, (laughs) like, uh, Ariel. Because, and look, just because it worked out for Francis does not mean that he didn't make a mistake. Let me give you an analogy. So in baseball, right? Let's say you have a runner on second and third with no outs and you need one run to come in. The smart thing to do would be to sacrifice bunt the winning run in. That's the smart thing to do. But you have a guy who's notoriously good at bunting and you choose to not have him bunt. That is a mistake. But he gets a hit, and he wins the game. Worked out, still made a mistake. That's the way I look at the Francis thing. So many things had to go right for this to work out, and they did. And I'm happy for him, but he still made a mistake. It worked out for him. It's going to continue working out for him. But his original decision was a mistake. Does that make sense?
0: I see your logic. I, I still tend to kind of disagree in a way because I think he views it differently. How so? Um Because I think, like when he was leaving the UFC, when they were talking about when they it was first announced that they like they said they cut him, but it turns out his contract ran out. Right. Um, And he was talking about his options and what he wanted, and he was like, "If I'm if I'm in the UFC and they consider us independent contractors, treat me as such. Let me go do other things. Let me go do boxing. Let me do this, and I cannot." But so it's like an employee. But if I'm an employee, treat me as such. Give me health insurance. Give me this, and I'm not. And so he's fighting for something bigger than that with what he's got. Like he's on PFL with a seat on the board, and his opponent. He's a going to bankrupt that company. Yeah, um, we'll see. Um, the the PFL the Bellator merger is interesting yeah I don't know if you heard any of the the Scott Coker stuff that he testified at the the UFC the antitrust lawsuit we haven't talked about this on the show almost at all but I don't
1: know anything about it really
0: okay Uh, I'll come back to that Um, but with with Francis he's not I don't think I mean he definitely is becoming a massive star and he deserves these big paydays I don't think he's after like I'm trying to be the greatest of all time. I'm trying to whatever. I think he's trying to fulfill a dream. I think he's trying to um, get and, and, and pave a path for other fighters in terms of like having opportunities, have health insurance. Like just like El- Chell and Ariel were arguing, it's like it's not a good path for other fighters. He's not saying do what I do, but he's doing this so that there will be more – could be more opportunities in the future and things like that.
1: Right. But you need to build your star power first.
0: You don't think he's already a big star?
1: No, he he is, but he's acting like, or at least the way he talks, is like the UFC hasn't done anything for him. If he didn't come up in the UFC, he wouldn't have had these opportunities. He's talking about the UFC like they abused him or they took advantage of him or whatever, but the UFC gave him the platform and gave him the... The star power that gave him the ability now of course his hard work and succeeding and winning fights and winning the title all all factors into that as well it wasn't just the UFC giving him stuff he earned all the stuff that he got from the UFC Um, but like you said it's not a good path for everybody and I think like I said so many things needed to go right like if he lost that fight to Sorel Ghan when he chose to not resign his contract and he wasn't the champion, not only do I not think the UFC would have resigned him because of how difficult he was, he would have gotten nothing. Nobody would have given a shit about him in the PFL for boxing. And had Tyson Fury's negotiations with Usyk not gone left, and Tyson Fury then just wanted a fight. Nobody else in the boxing world wanted to accept that fight. Wilder wasn't about it. Anthony Joshua wasn't about it. Joe Joyce, none of those fucking guys were about fighting Francis. So if those negotiations with Usyk didn't go poorly, he would have never had that opportunity to box Francis or to box Tyson. So that needed to go right, and it did, obviously. But if that didn't happen, then he signs with PFL. Nobody gives a shit about Francis fighting anybody in the PFL. Nobody really gives a shit at this point about Francis fighting MMA unless it's John Jones. And that will never happen. Yeah. So his whole deal with the PFL and hearing, what's his name, Peter Murray? I
0: Peter or something. Yeah, I think be it, Peter or Murray. Yeah,
1: I think it's Peter Murray, the, the PFL guy. When he was on Ariel's show, he's like, the reason that this is okay is because we're not afraid of breaking even. That's not how business works, pal. <laughs> You're not, you don't have stupid Saudi Arabia money. You can't just yeah. be throwing around $100 million events and losing all this money because you got blood oil money. You're Peter fucking Murray yeah. who owns the PFL. You need to make a profit. And you're paying Francis to not fight. And the fact that, and again, this is a testament to Francis and how stupid the fucking PFL is. PFL is touching none of his boxing money, not yeah. 1% of it. That is a. Idiotic business decision from PFL standpoint,
0: Um, but it's kind of how it should be. Like I get why it's an idiotic business decision for on their part, but but if you but if you sign
1: with a promoter and the PFL, like I I understand that MMA isn't the same as far as signing with a promoter the way boxing is, but like if you sign with Peter Murray and you want to go have an opportunity to fight. Tyson Fury on, what was it, on DAZN, ESPN? I don't remember where Tyson is. ESPN, was it ESPN? Plus. Um, The guy that you signed a contract with should be your co-promoter, like it is in boxing. Like, if an Eddie Hearn guy wants to yeah. fight a Bob Arum guy, they co-promote. If, a, yeah. if an Eddie Hearn guy wants to fight a Oscar De La Hoya guy, yeah, they, they co-promote. co-promote. Yeah. And PFL is just like, sure, go ahead. But... Nobody else in PFL has that. Yeah. I don't think. Like, I mean, yeah. I mean, maybe some of them do. Like Anthony Pettis just went and boxed Roy Jones Jr., so maybe they all do. But like, yeah, yeah I don't. Know. It's it's a weird situation. You
0: know, uh, oh, I, for some reason I thought MVP. I guess because of the Bellator thing, but he's now he's out of that as well. Yeah, because he went to bare knuckle and things like yeah, that. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I just, it from a business standpoint as far as PFL goes, it, this whole thing makes no sense to me, and like. They're letting Fran, like, their biggest star now. Even when he came on, he's like, I don't have any interesting fights for Francis.
3: <laughs> what? Mm. I don't
1: I don't get it. I don't understand the PFL standpoint. I I'm glad it worked out for Francis. But the people that are claiming that, like, oh, this was a great decision from the start. So many things had to go right. And for you to, like, for Ariel to come out and think that, like, oh, I knew all this would happen. No, you didn't. So many things had to go right. I'm glad they did. I'm happy for Francis. This comes off as like, like I'm sipping the hate or not, but I'm not. I watched the fight. I didn't buy it because I'm poor. Yeah. Um, I'm glad it worked out for him. Um, his next fight is going to be even bigger, especially if it's in boxing. Yeah. But to think right from the beginning where he chose to not resign before the surreal, surreal gone fight, for people to be like that was a smart decision, I think that's asinine.
0: Well, it was you could have said it was not smart at the time. I think it's like we have the hindsight, we have the benefit of hindsight. Right, and, and, and right that's now. that's kinda of my but, point,
1: is there were people at the time saying like I knew and now Ariel's like, I knew
0: it from the beginning, this was gonna work out. Like, you're full of shit. Well, what I think Ariel's position is and what my position is, I think people said right away, like immediately like he fumbled the bag by not re signing. I was like, just wait and see how it plays out. Yeah. Like, just wait. We don't know. And like even with the PFL deal, I was like, Okay, they're paying him a lot of money. That's good for him. So, like, I didn't think that was a, a loss, necessarily. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't really give a shit about the BFL, so yeah. <laughs> I'd rather have Francis in the UFC but <coughs> I'd rather have him, you know, happy and do things. And I think it's cool that they want him on the board and uh, things like that.
1: Yeah. I I, I never, because I don't, I, I try not to use slang. Like, I'm 30 years old. I don't. I never use the phrase fumbled the bag because yeah. I'm 30. Um, like, this whole fucking like just people in general now with their fucking slang like riz (laughs) i don't know what the fuck that means like here's another perfect example my girlfriend took her daughter uh shopping the other day because she needed something for Or i guess it was a couple weeks ago she needed something for her halloween costume so she takes her shopping and it was like she was looking for like a white tank top and i'm like does she not have a white tank top and she's like, no, she does, but, like, she needs one without a design on it. I'm like, just tell her to wear the the one inside out, and then the design won't be showing. Like, then it's just white. And she's like, no, but she told me that, that Target has, has uh, tank tops that, and they all eat. And I'm like, eat? <laughs> I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, she said the tank tops at Target eat. I'm like... Are you type like are you making a typo
2: <laughs> she's
1: like no like eats is like it's like that's slaps funny. like I means I'm like I can't I can't like I officially feel old like yeah eats I, what
0: I, I've never heard it used in that context before that's so funny feel like, this tank
1: top it, eats bro like nah
0: I've heard I'm good here's the thing that I, I still don't love it I the first time I heard it in the context I usually hear it in is people say it about a performer when like after their performance, like, oh, like like after I saw you do comic, but like, he just ate. Like he fucking chewed it up, like ate it up. Like that's what they mean. Like that's, <laughs> that's so stupid. It is, but like it at least makes sense, right? I like guess. to say like oh those tank tops eat, like that to me is fucking ass. Yeah, like, I don't I don't like, get it.
1: Uh, where the fuck.
0: <laughs> Slang fumbled the bag. You're oh yeah. <laughs>
1: um Yeah, like I, I thought he made a bad decision uh and i hope this it makes so much sense in my head when i say like it worked out for him but i still think he made a mistake yeah like 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 we were saying i wouldn't suggest uh, anybody else yeah. to do what he did it worked out for him here's here's maybe a better analogy uh in basketball right there's 19 seconds left on the clock. You need to make one basket to win the game. What most basketball teams would do is they run a play to score so they have the last possession. But Steph Curry steps right over half court, shoots a three. Now the other team has the ball with 15 seconds left. Yeah. Like, But they run their play and they miss. Worked out for Steph Curry. I wouldn't tell anybody yeah. else in the planet to step over half yeah. court and shoot a three in that instance. It worked out for him. Yeah. It was a mistake of a shot to take.
0: That's, that is a better analogy. I hope that makes sense. Yeah.
1: Worked out for him. I'm glad it worked out for him. I'm excited for his next fight. Like If that version of Francis that fought Tyson fights Wilder in boxing... He's gonna beat the shit out of De- Deontay Wilder, and yeah. then he'll really be the biggest. He'll be he'll be the face of boxing yeah. if that fucking happens. I'm glad it worked out for him. I still think he made a mistake.
0: Okay. If that make I I really hope that makes sense to people. Uh, yeah, I just I, I think he knows even and like what you were saying too about you know how it played out. I think it was telling that his manager was on a show saying, like you might see other fighters do this, maybe other organizations or like in boxing is that you say you will not ever see in the UFC. Like they learned from this. It's like, they're going to yeah. make it harder for people to leave and things like yeah. that. And like, I agree. And like, they have a monopoly. That's why there is the antitrust lawsuit. Right. Like I was going to say, um, but actually on that topic, um, you should find the article. I should send it to you. Cause I just heard the, I heard them reading it on another show. I listened to the coin event, the fucking testimony that Scott Coker gave, was like, you know how he at like at like interviews and press conferences he gives these like non answers. We're like, yeah, everything's going great now. now we'll see where it's so boring. He fucking aired out all the tea from the UFC. That right. from like the Strikeforce. The, days? Exactly. Okay. He was like, oh, they said that we'll make it difficult for you if you don't sell. You know, we're gonna fucking buy up all your fighters. Like he was saying all the different things, and he was like, I made it seem like he wants to merge with PFL so that it, there's. Uh, not a monopoly for, and, and it's out of his hands because it's Viacom that's selling really. But he was like saying, um, like, you know, if, if we let them win, like, they're just going to dominate the market and continue to, like, bully fighters. But, like, the, he was saying the most, like, that's crazy. The things like that, like, they were saying, I was like, well, oh, Scott
1: Coker. Well, here's the thing about the UFC at this point in time currently they are bigger than the athletes at this point like yeah. people see oh the ufc is coming to town and they buy tickets before they even know who's on the card yeah because it's the ufc it's not like like i i don't remember exactly if tickets tend to go on sale before they announce the main event i don't remember it's been a while since i bought tickets to one they usually so like to have expensive. at least the main event yeah but
0: like lately with some cards like they don't like right but even then i like, think with like the australia card they they only had the coma and they had tie in right and like Real i remember whatever. there's
1: been times in the past with like because my cousin lives in new york of like hey next november when the ufc comes to yeah. to madison square garden right. let's save up money and buy tickets yeah. like Without even knowing. Without, you know, like, yeah. a year in advance. Yeah. Like, I told them, like, yeah. around Christmas time, like, yo, next November we got to go to the UFC. Like, yeah. you'll never hear anyone say that about Bellator. I've gone right. to several Bellator events. Several. Yeah. but it's, been to one. It's not until they announced Chael the card. Tito. I was at, Was I at where, where no, that was, was That, that was at the
0: Forum in Inglewood. Where, the same place that were Bisping knocked out Rockhold. It was in L.A. You wouldn't have gone to Oh, the no, okay. Because I, cause I Chael, went to... Chaelin Chaelin Vanderlei Vanderlei was the MSG.
1: Okay, that one I was at. I was at... MVP Paul Daly I've been to, I've been've been to quite a few every, every time they go to the garden I've been there um, <laughs> I
0: don't know why I just remembered my favorite Paul Daly moment well because Paul Daly was on was on the fight that I saw in in LA he he knocked the shit out of Brendan Ward okay or Brendan Ward or whatever his name is he legitimately was like on the canvas for like five minutes was that I, the like, big wore, uppercut? I think it was. It might have been a flying knee as well. Oh, he, okay, the flying knee. Something. He's, he's had fucking, so many. Yeah, she's a crazy knockout artist. But he, they like literally the the announcer guy, the Bruce Buffer, Michael C. Hall or whatever yeah, his yeah. fucking name is. He was like, just so you know, he's been up and responsive. It's like like letting the people in the arena know. Like yeah. Anyway, so that that was like one great moment of Paul Daley. But my f- absolute favorite, and it's so bad because this isn't a loss. Do you remember when he fought John Fitch? In Bellator,
1: Did he just got Russell fucked. He just got Russell Yeah,
0: he got Fitched. And literally, like the last thirty seconds of round three, Fitch is just grinding him into the cage, and he boos.
3: <laughs> he's like,
0: boo. He started
3: booing John. F- oh, it's hilarious. He started hilarious. booing John Fitch, and then he's like, <laughs> that's
1: really
0: funny. And then he starts talking shit to Bellator, to camera. He's like. What a great decision, Bellator. Absolutely brilliant. You're going to get millions of fans with this. (laughs) It's literally the best thing I've ever seen.
1: Uh, He's so good. (laughs) He's great. I fucking love him. Um, Yeah. He's great. But yeah, I I think, I think the merger of them two is going to make the UFC more of a monopoly because it's less options for fighters to go to. Um, But one thing I do want to say about PFL that the guy, Peter Murray, whatever the fuck his name is, said on Ariel's show that really had me intrigued is, because you know they had like PFL Europe, and France is doing PFL Africa, yeah, and I think he said they're working on like PFL Russia or something. They're trying to make like a minor league system like Major League Baseball has, where like all these different countries... There's gonna be like their feeder league, and then they're gonna have PFL Global, which is their main. Yeah, that goes I think that's everywhere. a great I'm idea. Like, I'm like, huh, that's really interesting because I've heard them talk about PFL Europe, and, and I'm like, why wouldn't they just like? But then when he explained it, of like, that's gonna be our feeder league of like, like Cage Warriors, for instance, is, going to, is like a feeder so league for the, for the UFC. UFC. I don't know if yeah. the UFC owns them per se, they but don't. they're, they're it's like... not it's not UFC England. Yeah, it's Cage Warriors. But yeah, he's gonna have like. PFL Europe, PFL this, PFL that, PFL that, as their yeah. feeder league for their global. I'm like that's a pretty interesting idea, and I I find that really, really yeah. intriguing yeah. Uh, in in a positive way for them. Um, but yeah, interesting stuff.
0: All right, well, do we have we said all our piece about Nganu and all that?
1: I think so. Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> Why don't we take a break? Let's take a break. One. And we're back ladies and gentlemen the forum starts now we have a couple of voicemails from our good friend of the show catfish no (laughs) um this is uh the fucking transcripts are so great like It's so funny, too, because it used to say – I used to tell him that whenever he would say it's the MMA catfish, he would say the enemy catfish. Now it says it every time, and I'm pretty sure he's saying it on purpose. I noticed it a while. I don't think I've said it, but I've I've noticed it a while. But the first one says, hey, yo, did you motherfuck? (laughs) Well, it's it's, Google, the transcript, like, censors it, so I don't know. She did. That's why I'm here. Yeah. (laughs) All right. This is going to be fucking great. Let me just hit play. Here we go.
3: Hey, yo, P-Juice, motherfucker! It's the enemy catfish. Listen, I just had to call in and give a reaction voicemail to the fact that Alice Oliveira is out of the title fight and Hulk is in. Holy fucking shit, that is exciting. Um, I will say that I would think that, you know, if I look at this factually, Islamahatchev should absolutely fucking wrestle fuck Hulk. Uh, because he's bigger than him, right? Um, but, boy, what are the... what? I mean, is, is Volk going to be a spoiler? Because I can't help it, man. I'm thinking I'm going to have to slide some underdog, because surely Volk's going to be the underdog, slide some underdog change onto him as the fucking spoiler, because that would fuck everything up in two divisions if Volk won the 155 bill. And, man... Of all the things that could
0: randomly get my dick hard as I get in the car to drive home, this one has got my dick fucking hard. FMP, for life, bitches. <laughs> oh my God. Love the energy. And we already talked about the uh, Volk fight. That's big boner energy. Big boner energy. The transcript was making me laugh so hard at one point because I, I glance over and I see the word chef. And I was like, chef? What's he talking about? And I'm thinking like, uh, Volk does those cooking with Volk videos I thought he was, <laughs> It says Islamaha chef <laughs> Made it like a different word Yeah. Which is so funny um, Yeah Wow So funny uh, Alright let me play this other one He actually I think it's the third one <coughs> He called one day When the news about John Jones being out of the fight dro- uh, Dropped And I was on my way to um, a friend's house. And I was just like, let me just talk to him in the car. We talked for like 15 minutes. Nice. I was like, all right, call back and leave a fucking voicemail. Um, Let me go with the second one.
3: Hey, T-Juice, it's the enemy catfish. Yo, I just heard the news that USADA and the USC are parting ways. Oh, we end talk about this interesting um i I have always had an issue with and i take issue with people like luke thomas who act like usada was to blame for the policies they implement uh and i bring him up because i heard this news listing to a special edition of morning combat with luke thomas where he talked about this but one of the things i always had a struggle with was people act like the ufc did not choose usada And somehow it was USADA's fault for the policies and USADA's fault for what they were doing. USADA did what the UFC paid them to do. And the UFC, if they had wanted to pay them to do something different, could have done that. So it wasn't fucking USADA's fault. And talking about proper representation for the fighters, that doesn't have a fucking thing to do with USADA and the fact that USADA was forced on the fighters. It was the UFC that... Forced USADA onto the fighters. So I really don't understand why that take gets so much fucking play and people act like USADA was the big bad fucking problem in the room. Let's face it, MMA is not better off without drug testing. And it's really easy to fucking use legitimate supplement companies and not fucking piss hot and have quote unquote contaminated supplements. There's a fucking list on USADA's website of every company that's ever been fucking caught with contaminated supplements, and you don't see any of the big names on there. First Form, uh, fucking uh, BSG, um, even Joe Rogan's fucking Alpha Brain fucking company, whatever the fuck it is, right? So, <laughs> like, I, I, I think that's always made me mad. Did people act like USADA was the fucking problem when all they did was what the UFC hired them to do? That's fucking stupid and bullshit. Uh, and I think that this is quite the interesting shift by the UFC. It shows they don't give an absolute fuck. They're probably going to do absolute fucking zero drug testing unless forced to by local commissions. Uh, and I'm sure it's a fucking cost-cutting measure by Endeavor. And it's in their benefit because now less cards will be interrupted by fucking cheaters of athletes who get caught fucking cheating. So, fuck the UFC and... Luke Thomas is so fucking far off base and anyone else who has that opinion is also fucking way off fucking base. You thought it wasn't the problem. Fucking cheaters were the problem and the UFC's shit implementation of a program was a fucking problem. I'm out! F-A-L-P.
0: Wow, so a lot to unpack there. A lot to unpack.
1: So I don't entirely agree that the... USADA had no fault in any of the issues that were happening at all. Um, Because as far as I know, I don't think the UFC could change their policies. USADA was a separate company that that had their own policies. So yeah, the UFC hired them to do their job. But I don't think the UFC could have then told them how to do their job because right. now that there was that issue with Connor and with the whole thing with Connor, which didn't make a ton of sense to me, is when USADA made that statement about, like, oh, the UFC is trying to whatever yeah. with Connor. <laughs> I, that I, was so awkward. I don't know. I mean, I obviously don't know what was happening behind closed doors. But Connor has been begging for a fight for a long time, for a long time, and the UFC hasn't booked him.
0: Well, he wasn't in the testing pool until recently.
1: Correct, but 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 then Usada came out and said like, "Well, the UFC is trying to swindle Connor through our system," but they didn't even attempt to book Connor at all. Like they didn't they didn't try to waive him. Like they did with Brock Lesnar, like they didn't try to do any of that with Conor. So I don't, I don't understand where that statement yeah. from Usada came from. That was very odd. So I wonder what type yeah. of conversations happened behind closed doors. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know when that voicemail got sent in. It was probably like right after they announced. Yeah, that. it was like right. Well, this is October eleventh. Okay, it so like literally... the day, like the day after they announced that, they did then announce like they are hiring another, a different company. Who was apparently run by the guy who interrogated Saddam Hussein?
0: Yeah, so I don't think it's a different company. They're hiring that guy to administer the program.
1: Oh, it's just him by himself.
0: It's I'm not-, not by himself. I think he's just in charge. He's now. What, what the, the problem is is this, and, and to 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 piggyback off what you were saying, and and to circle back to what something catfish said, which is. The whole point was to have an independent arbitrator, a third party doing the testing. They couldn't have hired them to do something other than what they did. Yeah, they could have hired someone else to do the same job but differently. But yeah, USADA was doing the the anti-doping program for the Olympics for years and did it the same way. they, yeah. they hired that company, but to that point, like the fighters didn't get a say in any of it. Yeah, like all all, all that good stuff, they didn't have a seat at the table. Um, which is but, a problem. For yeah. Sure. And the problem now is it's a different problem. Yeah, is that the the guy they hired? It, it's it's in house. He's now an employee of the UFC. Yeah, it's almost like Nowitzki. Yeah, or like Nowitzki, he's an employee of the UFC, but he wasn't working for USADA. Also, I mean, I think he did he in the kinda past. Like the he was kind of like the middleman. Yeah. So like, he was just sort of in charge of overseeing that implementation of the program or something like that. Basically, they're hiring this guy. I think his name is George something. Let's call him George. But the the guy that interrogated Sam Hussein, he uh, is is in charge of of doing the anti doping program. I think. Okay, that's um, odd. It is odd. What is also odd is that it's apparently been uncovered that he's he trains at ATT.
1: Yes, I did hear that as well.
0: That's a fucking big conflict of interest, dude. Like, yeah, that is so that is so yeah. problematic. I
1: think I think the the biggest problem with USADA that I found was the whole you have to update your whereabouts 24 7 and if you don't and we try to find you and you're not where you say you are that counts yeah. as a failed test and they gave you like three strikes yeah. in a calendar year whatever but like i didn't i didn't like i understand the whole point of having it be random yeah but i think the yeah like the unevenness of how many people got tested like yuri getting tested 60 times in a month insane. like insane and John Jones like almost never gets tested anymore. Like it was, it was definitely problematic. I do think that they did a great job of cleaning up the sport. Yeah, I do think once it was like when you saw the first came along, people were getting popped quite a bit. Yeah, um, and then either the athletes got better at learning how to beat their system, or they clean or they did their job and actually cleaned up the sport. I like to think the latter.
0: I think so too because I think we saw bodies change.
1: Yeah, yeah, a lot of them, like, like just athletes in general. Like, perfect example, Johnny Hendricks. Like, his body, oh my changed. god, changed. Oh, Alistair Overeem, his body changed. Fucking JDS. Like, yeah, there was a lot of people that just mostly Brazilians. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny though you bring up JDS and Brazilians because I was thinking when he was talking about the supplement company, I remember this interview. I remember, I remember JDS got popped from USADA. When he was supposed to fight Francis and got it the first time, they eventually did fight. But he was scheduled one time. It was the it was like a few months before Francis ended up fighting. <coughs> he got popped by Usada, and when he came back on Ariel's show, I think his comeback fight was like Bagola even off or some shit. And he was like saying he was like they're taking away the supplements. He's like if I, I cannot take anything for fear it's tainted or whatever when he was talking about the, the list of 10 supplements, but he was like, if all the, all the workouts we do, all the protein I need, I would have to eat six chickens. <laughs> he wanted this rant that like made no sense to
1: me. Yeah. I, I think, I think another problem that I found with USADA was the suspensions that were handed out. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, keep especially with the the, the the they don't get paid if they don't fight. Keeping guys on the shelf for two years, and, yeah, like people can't fight and they can't go make a living elsewhere. Yeah, that's so shitty.
1: Yeah, and I, I mean I I understand you need to punish them for failing the drug tests, but I feel like, hey, during your next camp, we're gonna test like you you can't do this fight, maybe maybe. Three months, six months, sit out, whatever. And then in order for you to get your next fight signed, you have to pass three drug tests. And then during your next camp, we're going to drug test you every day for the whole camp, for the entire two months leading up to the fight to ensure yeah, that you're clean. Uh, I think it was a would have been sufficed. Because like, some of these people sat out two years while they were disputing it and then, like, oh, yeah, it was a tainted supplement. Yeah. Well, thanks, I guess. Yeah. And then USADA didn't have to then, like, say, like, we fucked up. Here's the amount of money you would have made in the last few years if you would have fought. They are just like, oh, we fucked up. Sorry. Good luck in the future. Like, yeah. I didn't love that part of the program either. But I do think USADA did do a, a pretty good job yeah. for the most part.
0: Yeah, there, I think there was more good than bad, but there was a right. there's a, enough of a bad that that needs to be talked about, yeah. you know, and like And I do
1: I, think Vitor Belfort's going to come back and win the welterweight title. Welterweight. <laughs> <or laughs> yeah. <laughs> middleweight whatever. Middleweight yeah.
0: fucking dude, like
1: <sighs> Yeah, that whole conflict of interest thing was yeah. weird. Um I I do think I mean, the commission's test, but they're not nearly as no. stringent with the stuff. So. Yeah,
0: Chill used to call it an IQ test. Yeah. It was an IQ test.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, I am curious to see how this new guy does things and what happens next year. Um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting time.
0: Yeah. Another thing that uh, was shitty about USADA that I just remembered, we're thinking about all the times that people got popped. You probably don't remember this. I do because I have a weird memory, but leota Machida got popped one time. And I remember him coming... This is when, like, before Brendan Shaw was, like, terrible at anything. And I remember him... I remember... Because Leonardo Machido trains with Henry Gracie. Mm-hmm. And I remember him going on the show to kind of... Not really translate, because he... Leonardo Machido speaks English, but sometimes he can't formulate a sentence. So he was there to, like, chime in and provide context. And, like, right. get, like, from conversations they had. And, like, say... Um, that you saw her show up to his house, or the gym, or whatever. And... They they ask you what you take, um, and he listed something that was on the ban list, but he didn't even take it. Uh-huh. They didn't find it in the sample, but because he says that he take he took it, they they ban- they popped him.
1: Really, I don't remember that.
0: It was wild. It was I remember calling like Keto Eight or something. Was something with Keto in the name. It was some uh-huh. weird thing where I was like, "Hmm, that's shitty." Yeah, and I was like. They, they should be in charge of, like, what you put in your body and, like, you should know. But, like, it, it like because they didn't find the test, but they still popped him, you're now encouraging people to lie. Yeah. You're now saying, like, oh, like, when they say, like, oh, we're making an example of people by punishing them. Well, the example you set there is a precedent that, oh, if I admit that I've taken something, you know, I should just hope it's not in the sample or whatever. Yeah. Like, it's 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 a fucking back backwards bass backwards thing yeah and like people can't have surgeries and recover like there's some things that should be taken for recovery like that's why connor's on the yeah. pool i'm not like defending connor like yeah. i think he's probably on it longer than he needed to be but like yeah um
1: yeah i, I think the whole out of competition thing is yeah. is weird like i i mean i don't know the science behind like steroids or that kind of stuff like mm-hmm. if if you get yeah. off of it and it's still it's not it's If you're off of it long enough that it's out of your system are you still getting benefits from it i don't i don't know the science behind it but the idea of like i'm not fighting i don't have a plan to fight i can't go take a drug that's legal yeah like right like this drug is not illegal like i'm not taking cocaine i'm not taking heroin like i'm taking something that is legal but you said I'm not allowed to, but I'm not even working. Like, I'm yeah. just hanging out and in my basement. That's, like, that's, that's
0: the whole thing where, like, they're not independent contractors. Right,
1: right, yeah. yeah. And
0: actually, I think that's a good segue to play the next question because right, let's hear it. Uh, this is when um, – uh, Yep, okay, I think he talks a little bit about the steroids because they're talking about the cycling and things like that. We talked about it a little bit on, on our
3: call, so. Hey, Kitty juice it's the enemy catfish. Yo, motherfucker, for one, the catfish is back. I got banned from Blue Sky. Pump promotion is fucking dead. But the MMA catfish is born again, bitches. Props to Usman. Uh, I definitely lost. I'm surprised he didn't lose in the first round. So, good showing. I'll give him that. Super sad over Volk. Man, I had some Volkamania coursing through my fucking dick. But, uh, you know, I did expect that Islam would actually win. And sad to see Bolt get his fucking shit pushed in like that, but, uh, wow, props to Islam. But the real reason I called, the biggest reason I called, is Usana is not even over. And John Jones has already done so many fucking roids that he ripped his fucking pet off his fucking chest. Which is exactly what happens when you do too many steroids too fast. Because your muscles grow super big, but where they connect to the rest of your body does not get any stronger. The secret is a bunch of fucking steroids and then cycle and work out like a madman and build up the rest of your fucking body. Otherwise, you end up like the ultimate warrior with a torn peck. You end up like Scott Steyer with a torn peck. You end up like Triple H with his fucking quad ripped off his fucking leg. You end up with torn biceps, all super common injuries amongst ...steroid users for the exact reason I've already outlined, and John Jones is fucking roided up to the gills already, and it fucking sucks that we didn't get a season going there and just fuck <laughs> Stipe up like fucking no tomorrow, man. God damn it. That dumb motherfucker really fucked us over. Fuck him. I am so fucking disappointed, uh, and I'm also super disappointed... That T-Cross isn't on Instagram, because I really was enjoying the stand-up. I need to know where the fuck he's at. Come to Blue Sky. Uh, shoot me the Twitter. I'll start fucking getting on Twitter just to see T-Cross stand-up, because I think he said last time he's back on Twitter. I don't know. But I need some motherfucking T-Cross stand-up in my life. Make like another fucking IG account, dude. What the fuck? It's that little kids, and then you wouldn't get reported. Yeah. Uh-huh. See? Anyhow. Woo. Hope you're doing good. Love you both. And I will talk to you later. FMP for
0: life, motherfucker! Uh, again, a lot to unpack there with that, that. That energy is
1: just unmatched. <laughs> yeah, unmatched. Like, how how old is, is he? Do you
0: know? Older than both of us. How
1: mm-hmm. do you have that energy? Yeah,
0: I... By fucking, he mountain bike. These like he's also he's in Colorado. He's two hours behind us. I remember I text him at like seven a.m. or something, expecting him to like receive it later, and he responded right away. I was like, "What the fuck is this guy doing away?"
1: Yeah, that, that energy is like I had that energy when I was like sixteen. I do I don't have that in yeah. me anymore. That's that's insane. Yeah, good for you.
0: Fucking love that. Uh, I wanted to talk about what was. The, what was yeah, lots unpack there. Oh, fuck John Jones, the, the, the comment. Fuck John Jones. We'll get to that in a second. The comedy. Yeah, you are you posting clips on Twitter because I'm. I'm not I sure haven't. Much I haven't
1: this. much because. So when I first started doing comedy, um, I I really didn't want to repeat jokes. I really didn't. Yeah. I was trying my best not to, and I saw a lot of people saying like the same jokes at the same open mics week after week yeah. after week after week after week. And I've talked to some people that have been doing it a long time. And they've said, like, obviously open mics are for you to work on your stuff. But you do need to have, like, a really tight set. Whether it be 5, 10, 15, 4, when you get on these shows. Like, tonight I'm in Manhattan at a, a comedy yeah, club dude. in New York. And the next week in Atlantic City. Like, you need to have a tight set. So what I've done over the last couple months is take the jokes that I've really liked from my first six months and just refine them, repeat them a lot to get them better, get them tighter, um, add new tags if I think of something. So I haven't really written a ton more new stuff because I've been repeating a lot of the same jokes to try to get them better so I can have a tight set for when I go on these bigger shows. So I haven't posted clips in a while, um but i do have some older clips saved in my phone that i could post but yeah. the problem with my older jokes is i don't like them anymore <laughs> like i'm getting a lot better personally like that i feel like the the jokes that i wrote that i'm starting to repeat now are, are towards the end so i'm i'm getting uh a lot better with my newer material um but yeah i i do have some old clips that i that i could be posting um where does he live
0: Colorado.
1: Oh right, you did just say that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I will probably be in Colorado doing
0: comedy in like
1: twenty fifty.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh I was just I was gonna say I'll post some. I'll post some to the Instagram. Um yeah, I'll post some to the Instagram when I when I'm oh, AC. Speaking of
1: uh Instagram and comedy sort of thing, do you know that comic he goes by Mr. D. He was a teacher. And he posted, like, he kind of got famous by posting, like, these short clips of, like, him messing with his students or reading, like, because he taught, like, elementary school and, like, reading the funny misspellings of his students. Um, He's got, like, one million followers on Instagram. He's really fucking funny. But my sister had bought me tickets to go to the Harry Potter exhibition or exhibit in Manhattan uh, for my birthday, and we went there Wednesday this week. And that same day, that guy, Mr. D, who hosts a podcast with another guy who's also a teacher and is is not as famous, but you know the same thing. And they were doing like a live podcast recording oh, of cool. their podcast, which was called Social Studies. I had never listened to it. Um, so we went to the live recording, and then they did like a meet and greet afterwards. And the guy, Mr. D, like tours all around the country, and the other guy who is still a teacher. Tours just like the tri-state area. Yeah, and so I went up to them afterwards, and I just said like, "Hey, I just started stand up. Do you guys have any advice?" And you know the the same advice of you know get on stage as much as you can, don't give up, that kind of shit. Um, And then I said to the guy who tours locally, I was like, "If you're ever if you ever are looking for like an opener like last minute, like I'm your fucking guy. Like I live around here, so I can come to Long Island or I can drive to to Connecticut last minute." And he was like, "Send me a message on Instagram, and I'll get back to you." So. I don't have Instagram currently, so yeah. I gotta find a way to create a new Instagram or like just have my sister message him or something. But yeah. so I'm gonna give that a shot and see where that goes. But like, it's, it's all this business is is networking and
0: I wonder if like people. I don't I don't really use I I now create a personal Instagram. I don't really use the friendly sparring Instagram. I wonder if I can give that to you in a way.
1: I, I mean, I could try I would, signing in on it and see yeah. where it goes, but
0: curious yeah i don't know we'll, we'll, we'll maybe experiment on that yeah i gotta figure know. out a
1: way to to like make a new account or something but yeah
0: well we'll that but the the, the john Jones thing is interesting to me I, I i didn't even occur to me that it could be from uh like bad cycle of steroids or something yeah. i thought it was just a torn pack but i guess you saw the video he like shoots a takedown and just like instantly yeah yeah um, it, did,
1: it didn't look like which, a freak accident yeah i mean when you look at like historic steroid users like perfect example gordon ryan I'm surprised there's any steroids left on that side of the Mississippi. Um, He's always injured. He's always sick. He's always, like, his immune system in his body is just fucked um, from years of... He claims it's from uh, taking too many antibiotics from getting staph all the time, which I'm sure isn't helpful either, but, yeah, no, steroids are not good for for you like they make you stronger but they make your body turn to shit
0: right yeah it's 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 crazy um i was i was listening to a podcast one time where they were saying that like there's not enough studies about the potential benefits of steroids because there's all the only funding that the only the studies that can get funding are the ones to prove that it's bad so they have like a bias going in yeah um yeah i tend to be like there's a there's a middle ground where we can where we can have some things that are allowed, like I maybe it's because I take it, but I also need it. You I take know, steroids? No. Oh. What I'm about to say, I oh, take. Okay, okay. I'm, well, I'm on TRT basically. Okay. Um, because I my body doesn't produce it from the cancer, like right. You know, so I I have to take synthetic testosterone. Um. So the guys that do and they take more. It's like, eh, but, like, also, I, mean, I think you can do, like, long-term damage to your endocrine system. Like, I'm not an expert. I'm not going to say, but, like, I know how good I feel when I take that first dose because I take it weekly and it mm-hmm. just sort of, like, runs out or whatever. So I know how good I feel, and I'm like, well, I want the athletes that I follow to be able to have that if they needed to help yeah. recover or train better or whatever. Um Although they say, like, Bisping's Eye was the cause of the TRT era, like TRT tour.
1: Yeah. Yeah, funny you mentioned about the the testosterone and, like, the long-term effects of it. A few years ago, like, right in the midst of COVID, like, my depression was real bad. I mean, me and you had some private conversation. It was not good. Yeah. And I was talking to my one friend, Sal, who – have you met Sal?
0: I don't think I have. It's funny that you mentioned that Um, (coughs) – Uh, Natalie, who you met at at Rumsen, um, her brother's name is Sal, and we used to work together. Oh, that is. So, funny. Like, we felt like we we didn't meet through him. We met later, and we're like, "Oh wait, you know so." Yeah. Go ahead.
1: So he, um, my friend Sal, I was talking to him about it one day, and he was like, "Dude, like I've never felt your level of whatever," but like I went and you know was doing some research about the way I was feeling, and I decided to get my testosterone tested. And it turns out I had low T and I've started taking testosterone from this company and whatever. And it's like a subscription service. And I forget if it was a pill, I forget exactly how he takes it. Um, so he's like, you know, it's, I feel a million percent better just mentally. And i like, he goes to the gym a lot and like, it's helping me get stronger, whatever. It's like all this, this extra stuff. So I was like, all right, let me look into this. And, and essentially this website that he was buying from said like, if you start taking testosterone, you're gonna feel a lot better. But if you eventually stop taking it, you're gonna feel worse than you did beforehand. And it's like a monthly subscription. I forget how much it was, but like I'm not rolling in dough. Like Yeah. I'm like and it it, I'm, it wasn't like twenty bucks a month, like it was like two hundred bucks a month. I'm like, I can't afford that. Yeah. And he was like, Well, if you're feeling suicidal, like it's either two hundred bucks a month or you're gonna die, like kind of feels like a good investment and i'm like yeah but like every month for the rest of my life like that's just not sustainable either he's like well the rest of your life might be two months if you don't start doing this i'm like i get your point but like i didn't end up doing it and you know i'm in my you know i still go to my my therapist once a week and i do feel a lot better but i'm not taking testosterone i haven't gotten it tested um Um, well i recommend getting tested because if you can
0: get a prescription i don't know That, that's one thing I do worry about too, because I do need this for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, like regardless of what they said about feeling better or worse, like I, you know, your body needs it Yeah. and I don't produce it. Right. I have to have this. And like, um, the, when I first had the need for it, I was with, my insurance was like Cigna at, at my old job. And,
1: um, how does that work when you get a new job and get new insurance is that considered like a pre-existing condition cuz you're getting a new insurance provider?
0: No, they, they it's covered. I mean, okay. I, I I think well some insurances do cover pre-existing conditions. I think what they what they want to avoid is people like having stuff getting the ins- insurance after the fact. Right. But like this is something that's like a medical need that right. like, I have a prescription for. Um but the they I, I wanted the kind they have they have a kind where it's like an epipen, like you just sort of like, right, you know, inject yourself like that, and they. Cigna didn't approve that. What they did approve was like I literally felt like I was a druggie. I had to draw it from a vial with a syringe, mm-hmm. and like I felt like I was doing it wrong, and like I I had it was a whole process. I didn't get the swabs. I had to like. Uh, like the uh, not swabs, the uh, alcohol pads, the, mm-hmm. the the pad to like clean yeah, the area, clean 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 the area, draw out the thing, you know, inject myself. Oh, it's bleeding. Let me put a cotton ball on there and then get a band aid. Uh, let me do that. And I have to dispose the disposal shop. This now I got approved for. I got change insurance. I have Blue Cross now, and they approve my really good insurance. Yeah, really good insurance, and they they approve my. Um, the self-injected kind of like the EpiPen, miles better. So
1: So, funny story about like feeling like a druggie. Um, Do you remember the story when I had gotten my title fight and the guy pulled out like the day of? I think so. So long story short, um, my, my last MMA fight that I actually had, I lost a split decision. The guy who ran the organization thought like, those judges fucked up. Oh, you, it's when Jim Miller won. was like... Right, 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 yeah.
0: Because I, was like, I was talking about my, yeah. uh, the show with my partners who was going <coughs> through the episodes. I was actually... Because Derek Lewis was fighting, I was talking about that time I called his post-fight interview. You remember mm-hmm. that? Yeah, yeah, And they saw the episode, I want Jim Miller to fuck my girlfriend. They're like, what's that about? I was like, Tinker Ross really was Jim Miller. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh,
1: so, yeah. So the the guy who ran the organization thought the judges got it wrong and they thought I won. So he gave me a, a chance to fight for the, the title. And the, the title was vacant, um, so I was fighting this other dude who, after I did, like, more research about him after this happened, like, he notoriously pulls out of fights, like, constantly. So, like, I had actually broken two vertebrae in my spine leading up to this fight. I didn't oh, know man, it. Oh, you remember this now? I didn't know it. So I got, I made it to the fight. I had a fucking brutal weight cut because I couldn't run because my back was in such sh- shambles.
0: I was getting my hands. That's also why you have no sympathy when people miss weight.
1: Right. Um, so I was you know, I was getting my hands wrapped in the back and the the, the 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 commissioner came in and was like, Hey, your fight's off and like ran off and I was like, yo, 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 what? The guy who was supposed to fight, like, tweaked his back getting out of the bathtub in the morning of the fight, and like came in and told the doctor and and then he like went and had muscle spasm. Like he went and got looked at by a real doctor and I'm like, oh, you had muscle spasms. I'm like, that's why you like So then when I got my back looked at, I'm like, yeah, I had two fucking fractured vertebrae yeah, and you wow. pulled out from muscle spasms like you pussy. <laughs> so then they tried to like remake the fight a couple months later. And the fucking guy this is the dumbest thing ever. The guy who ran the organization made a group chat on Facebook with me, my coach, him, and his coach. <laughs> Instead of talking to us separately, he made a group chat with the five of us, and literally like the week after our fight, I was like looking at his Facebook, and his wife tagged him like, oh, shout out to Joe for helping us move, like, it picked up a bunch of boxes like a week later, so I was just like, so I screenshotted that, and I sent it, I'm like, I have no interest in fucking fighting this guy, like. I trained my ass off. I actually have two fractured vertebrae in my spine, so I can't even fight in three months anyway. Yeah. Like, but you were picking up boxes like the week after. Like, you're a pussy. I don't want to fight you. Yeah. So long story, but he, he then was like, "Oh well, you're married to a, a like a drug addict." I was like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah, don't think I didn't see your girlfriend shooting up heroin at weigh-ins." I'm like, "What the fuck?" I'm like. My girlfriend's diabetic, you dumb fuck. She was giving herself <laughs> insulin. insulin, you stupid fuck. Like this idiot thought, like her going, like
0: yeah, I don't think I didn't see that.
1: Yeah, like, like I, I if wonder what here? Why would she be doing it in public? Yeah, what a exactly. Idiot. Yeah, it was the fucking <laughs> oh, wildest fucking thing. Idiot. Yeah, what a fucking idiot. So Joe Rivas, you fucking pussy. Yeah, fuck Joe Rivas. Joe Rivas can suck my dick from ba- from the back. <laughs> <laughs> fucking, if I ever see that guy, I'm punching him in the face. Like, yeah, no, I'm not even gonna walk up and start. I'm just gonna walk, You're just, just sucker punch just him. I don't of... even give a fuck. Yeah. fuck Joe Rivas, <laughs> fucking idiot. All right,
0: remember, uh, Rhino used to have this segment on his show called the uh, highs and lows where he would tell stories of fight, where like this is one of my lowest points, is one of my highest points, and he told a story about this guy. I think the guy's name was Alex something. Uh it was it was it was like similar to Revis. That's why you kinda of reminded me. And like he told me how the guy was just like a piece of shit and was like a dirty fighter and he knocked him out and I was like I made a meme I was like He was a boxer, right? Yeah. Rhino. It was like all the homies hate Joe Revis, let's yeah. say. Like but yeah. it was like all the homies hate this guy. Yeah. Uh that's so funny.
1: Yeah. All right. Any other questions?
0: Well we have some we have actually it's a great segue because we have a DM from Rhino, so oh, let me perfect. let me pull that up. Um but that was it, that was it for for Catfish. Thank shout out to Catfish. Catfish rules. We fucking love the questions. Um, hope he hope he does his show uh, again soon. Um, says Rhino here from the Combat Sports to Rhino podcast with the last main event being such a slow, some might say boring, yep. five rounder. <laughs> I would. Um, between Jelton and Derek. My question is, what was another main event you remember watching that fell far short of your expectations? Thanks as always. Oh, short
1: of uh, my expectations. Yeah, so I you were like, because I. My first thought went to Mirab versus Jan, but that went exactly as I expected, so it didn't fall short of expectations.
0: Hmm. Yeah, there. Well. Maybe
1: Islam Volk like, just happened. Say, I yeah, didn't expect a first round knockout. Yeah. Like I didn't I didn't expect Volk to do better than he did on a full camp, but I didn't expect that. Um but as far as like I expected a really good fight and didn't get one. That's a tough question.
0: Yeah, there's um there's a couple that come to mind. I'm thinking of cuz like I I will be I I am so blinded by my favoritism when it comes to fighters. Yeah. Like I was blinded by like Bisping when he fought Kelvin Gaslam. Like, Oof. like he just got choked out by DSP. You know he was one eye. That was, was coming a bad knockout. A bad knockout. Really bad. Um, and like it wasn't a bad fight. Like you know it was just like I was like oh light work. He looks. Oh, he's, yeah. he's the former champ. He's gonna fucking get, and then just. But fucking Izzy, out.
1: Izzy Strickland fell short oh, of what I expected oh, as oh, well. Yeah. Um,
0: Oh, I'll say I'll say Izzy Cannoneer also, or, oh, or yeah, that, like I think that there's a few that's there's the been answer. a few Israel Israel fights where like
1: yeah that that one was an absolute dud yeah yeah um that might be the answer or Izzy Yon as well that's another one too where I was like I didn't I didn't hate that fight entirely I, I don't know, I don't know what my expectations were because there was so many variables of yeah. him moving up in weight um, but with Cannoneer. And Cannonier being like a power puncher, and then yeah. just being very tentative, and Izzy being very lengthy and strategic. Yeah, is like, definitely not yeah. Uh, not, inexpe- not something that I expected. So I think that's probably the that's probably my answer too. Yeah, Izzy, yeah, that's a good one.
0: Ugh. Now I'm getting like I- I'm I'm so upset too because like I I don't know if I've said as much on the podcast. I'm really like I'm glad Izzy's retired right now. Or fake you think you. he's gonna go out till 27?
1: Is what he said. That's what he said. He said, I won't, "I'm not fighting till 2027." Is what he said.
0: Oh, 2027. I mean,
1: that's four years.
0: Yeah, kind of. I don't. I, I, I mean, bet he fights. In other next words, year. you can say it's like three and a half, depending on when he. I gets bet to he fights years.
1: next year. I I think <laughs> coming from his kickboxing background, where they fight all the fucking time, like yeah. he's had over a hundred professional fights between MMA, boxing, and kickboxing. I mean, yeah. maybe he needs a break because of that yeah. but yeah i don't know i just i think
0: i see him taking a year off at least yeah um i didn't know he put a date cuz i thought he was just like i'm walking away indefinitely i thought he was just yeah like, there, no there was I... another
1: interview where he said 2027
0: i wonder if that i wonder the timing of that because i wonder if it was like he had those feelings and then he. i know he was a, he was around in the like the inganu camp yeah i know he walked him out but yeah. i didn't know that he was uh around in the camp because did you did you did you hear uh, Eric nixix interview on aerial show uh and gone to his coach? Yes. I like that guy a lot. And he was Me saying too. like he was saying how the Superman punch that that the the, the the that Francis did on Fury was like something that they would do at the end of pad work all the time where he was like he was like, Izzy watch this and he hit it and it was like, Oh so I wonder if he got like fired up from that. Yeah.
1: Weird, ha- must have felt weird for Nixick having Izzy around after Strickland just beat the I shit. Know. Out well, of I know. Well, I was
0: thinking, <laughs> wonder, I, I, I think it would be more weird for Izzy and not Nixick. Yeah, because I think Nixick was like saying how like he liked those challenges, and like oh, he's a guy that I wanted to study and break down, mm-hmm. and more just like, like he's proud of that win because of how good Izzy was, how yeah. how how dominant. <clears throat> All right, thank you so much, Rhino. Go listen to Rhino's podcast. it has got our our fucking, I call her like the lead patron for some reason, because she's like Alyssa oh, is our first one, but APB is the co-host, um, the co-host with the mo host. He likes to say. Um, actually, do you remember? Uh, do you remember Jim soon They used to call into the show. Like, what's going on, bunch of fucking casuals? Oh yeah, it's yeah. always four twenty. whenever, whenever he sends in a question, because he stopped doing voice questions on his show. Um, she'll read it in an imitation of him. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Like, what's going on a bunch of fucking casuals yeah
1: I do remember that that was awesome
0: <laughs> and you know it's so all it's for 20 kids it's, it's honestly like the, it's better because like the, the writing the questions have, have helped him be more coherent because he would send him into my show too he be like yeah anyways I don't give a shit oh, what's going on fucking you know it's <laughs> just yeah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, miss Jim alright so this is uh, this is from our homie Dave L friend of the show he says since Jones and Stipe are likely to immediately re-retire, regardless of the outcome, is Aspinall Pavlovich the more relevant fight? Is it the fight you care more about? Um, and then there's another question. So let's tackle that. There's like, oh, there's three. I love that he rattled off three. One million percent, yes. Yeah. Do you agree with Arrow sentiment that it should be for the vacant title? Yes. Yeah, they did like with with, with uh, Yuri. It was literally fighting on the same car. Like yeah. they made him vacate basically. Yeah. I don't understand that at all, especially when he knows it's going to be, like, eight months before he can even train again or something like that.
1: Yeah, and here's the thing. I, I like the way Chael explained it of, like, Jones and Stipe fighting each other next year. Like, if that's the only fight that they want to have with each other, why does there need to be a belt on it? Yeah. And if there is a belt, Stipe's definitely retiring, Jones, probably, maybe, maybe not. Who yeah. knows? But if they retire, then this fight is... Whoever wins this fight is just going to get... And then yeah. Jones isn't going to fight for another year. So are they going to defend the interim title in the meantime? Right, like, yeah. Uh, which has happened before, but it was stupid the first two times it happened. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be stupid this time. Wasn't it just Burrell? No, Whitaker did too before. Because he, he fought... Whitaker didn't defend an interim I'm almost positive he did Because Whitaker was the interim champ When Bisping fought GSP
0: Right and the, then, the, the was He was the interim champ when Bisping fought GSP GSP won the real title Then vacated He was promoted to real champ And then they had another interim fight with Izzy and Gastelum Because Robert couldn't right. make it
1: I could have sworn he defended the interim Let's see
0: I'm gonna, while you're doing that, I'm going to Google UFC interim title defenses. No, you're
1: right. He won the interim against Yoel. Yeah, I was there at that fight. And then later promoted to undisputed. Yeah, you're right. Well, I feel like it happened another time. Burrell definitely... Hennem was I the think only had... interim
0: champion to defend the interim championship oh, okay. multiple times.
1: Yeah, I think he defended it twice.
0: Once against Michael McDonald, once against Eddie Wineland. Yeah. He was later promoted to undisputed. Um...
1: Another guy that fell off when Usada
0: came around. Yeah, oh, that was that was like the biggest fall from grace. Yeah, it was literally
1: like he went from winning thirty fights in a row to winning to losing six of his last seven or something.
0: <laughs> yeah, like that. it was so bad too. Yeah, and were two, like Dana at one point was calling him like the Floyd Mayweather of MMA. Or something. Yeah. he was like he doesn't get enough credit for what he does and like his, his run though was
1: f- like when he first was coming up was fucking unbelievable. He yeah. was unbelievable to watch. Uh, yeah. The first UFC event I ever went to was him versus Faber. Nice. At the Prudential Center in Jersey. Nice. Yeah.
0: That's fucking awesome.
1: But yes, a thousand percent uh I care more about Sergei and yeah. Tom. Because like even if Jones and Steve was happening, like I haven't cared much about it this like five, six, seven years ago would have been the biggest fight that I yeah. gave a shit about. Oh, yeah. Now it's like Two guys past a prime. I mean, Jones obviously looks great at heavyweight as far as we've seen. Yeah. And Stipe, the last time we saw him two fucking years ago, he got assaulted. Yeah,
0: assaulted. <laughs> like, Francis should yeah. be in
1: prison for that follow-up shot.
0: <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, it, I never thought of it until you said that, what Chael said. It almost makes the case where, like, the belt shouldn't have been on the line in the first place. Yeah. Like, that should be normalized. Like... When when Francis fought Tyson, his belts weren't on the line. Right. Like, but it was a it wasn't an exhibition. It was a legitimate pro boxing match. Like, it feels like that should happen more often. Yeah. Like, kind of how I mean, this is different because he was going up. But like when Anderson Silva used to go up and fight like James Irvin and Francis uh, Stephen Bonner, um, let's say Francis Bonner, (laughs) Um, because I was even Forrest Griffin and kind of just melded those two. Uh, Yeah. Like. If Jones and Sipa want to fight, let them fight without a belt. I agree. Especially if they're saying retire. And even like what's wild too is that like, I don't know if you remember Tom Aspinall on Ariel's show, him saying like, oh, did you ever think you were going to fight Pavlovich? And he was like, well, now that the cat's out of the bag, I can say the UFC were pretty sure that no matter the winner, that they were going to retire and that they were planning on doing me and Pavlovich later on for the vacant anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I was like, and like, what sucks is like, I know with a full camp, Aspinall would do terrible things to Sergey like Pavlovich. Yeah,
1: but he's he's still the betting favorite. He's still it really yeah yeah. It's very close, but it was like minus one ten or something. I'm very close.
0: Mm. But uh, yeah, I I don't. I'm worried for him. Yeah. Like, but I lo- I loved his comments. I, I got chills hearing him talk about it on on that interview because on the MMA he's one of hour, my favorite interviews that he's that, great
1: that. Ariel does because, like, Tom likes to fuck with him. Yeah. Like, yeah, I guess, like, yeah, didn't really want to be here, but I guess I have to, like, here yeah, I am. Like, yeah, yeah. like, such downplays it's great.
0: I love it. Yeah, and it's not, like, in a rude way. Yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. can tell he's, like, taking the piss. I love that. I love when he was like, oh, don't you wish you had it on a full opportunity? He's like, it doesn't matter. My mentor, Michael Bisping, to the day, same thing, was on a movie set. And, like, the, like remembering that feeling because you were talking about your first UFC event. That was mine, UFC 199. Yeah. Like, oh, I so fucking wish I could be there in, in some ways, but I fucking yeah. hate the garden. Which is why I'm not going to a Rangers game and I'm going to the Devils why game. Why do you hate the garden? I hate it so fucking much. Why? First of all, it's just so, like, the prestige is, like, for nothing. It's just, like, a regular arena for me. Like, it's just whatever. It's the it's so world's fucking most expensive, arena. expensive. Yeah, but for what? And, like, they don't have any food for me. Like they're they're literally like I went on their website um, about like because I went to, for UFC 217 my, uh, Bisping versus GSP and uh, that's not in my they life. had great um, worst night of mine <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> what's it called I we, we we I don't know, we really didn't know each other back then but we were both at that fight mm-hmm. um uh. They had on their website all the different places they have to eat in there. And there's this place called, like, Garden at the Garden, like, mm-hmm. veggie thing. There was a bunch of stuff that looked like it, and they were all closed. It was all just fucking pretzels and pizza and, like, gross nat- like hot dogs and shit. And I was just, like, so fed up with it. I just had a, a miserable experience. I had decent seats. Was that the only time you ever went there? Uh, yeah. But there's, there's more. I have a whole beef with MSG. We have time. I'm airing this whole shit out. I have a beef with MSG. Um... I, I went to that fight and, like, I remember being like, we had decent seats.
1: How did you get decent seats? I paid $700 a ticket to sit in the 400 section.
0: Uh, I remember spending... Okay. Oh, here's a, here's why. Um, Kate's mom has a friend that works at MSG. Gotcha. I remember we had to go to Will Call to pick up our tickets. That'll do it. Where I saw Neil Magny there. But literally, we had decent seats, like kind of like in the middle section or whatever. But they were, we were, like, right in the front row of that section where there's, like, a wall because then, like, I think it gets into the floor seats or something or, like, another smaller section. My knees were hitting the monitor. Like, why do they have monitors? And my knees were hitting the monitor. And already I'm fat. Like, my hips were crushed into the armrest. And I was, like, I'm having a miserable fucking time. Uh, I got them to, like, switch my seat. I, I literally I missed the OSP knockout of Corey Anderson mm-hmm. because, uh, I saw it on the monitor but like I was trying to talk to a customer customer but they were so busy they put me upstairs and like literally the fucking nosebleeds um, and uh, what's it called? That's when, that's when Rose knocked out Ioana, right? Yes. Kate went absolutely apeshit because that was when Yoana was like the boogie woman and like Rose was her favorite fighter. Uh, yeah, I know, it's your favorite, yeah. Sam, G- Sam yeah, Ro- Rose is uh, Kate's favorite fighter and uh, I was like, babe, I'm wor- I'm worried for Rose. I don't think she can pull it off. And then she was like, I fucking knew it. Um, what's it called? We sat next to this older older black lady who literally was like taking off her shirt, just like titties out, uh, and like. <laughs> so what's the problem? I don't think they're <laughs> not the kind of titties I want to see. Well, first of all, they were like, I remember there was a there was a heavyweight, and I don't know why I remember this fight because when I say these names, you're gonna almost forget they existed. Mark Godbeer versus Walt Harris. You probably oh, remember yeah. Walt
1: Harris. Like I remember Mark Godbeer. Yeah.
0: They had I like he I love him because his nickname is Hand of. Uh-huh. <laughs> Mark Hand of Godbeer. Yeah. Such a great nickname. Love it. They like it was kind of a boring heavyweight fight, and then like even one of the they got a takedown. And like as soon as the fucking went to the ground, she was like, Oh, they're making love. Why get up and fight, stop making love? Like this woman was <laughs> so obnoxious and like it was like she was Oh my god, it was so fucking disgusting this woman. Um, but anyway, that that's not like that's my fault for what I'm not my fault but like I feel like there was a shitty option. 2 weeks later or whatever, a week or two later, I go there for an interview because like we had just moved to New Jersey. I was trying to get just like a part-time job to like see where I was at. And, like it was kind of supposed to be a reset. And so I'm like, oh they're hiring for ushers. Let me just let me just go. That'll be cool like see some events, see some concerts. And I get uh, I get an offer because they obviously see my resume and like well you're way too qualified for this obviously we're gonna hire you and um, for they made me wait for fucking ever I was there for hours for like a five minute interview or going like wow okay yeah you're in and then they they call me for the offer and I had to do a drug test mind you like I was still smoking weed back then but I stopped because I knew I had to apply for jobs and like so I was like no problem I'll take a drug test right away I moved from California. My license expired on my birthday. Well, a few days after my birthday is when I got cancer and like, I didn't renew it. Like, you know, I had a lot going on. So like my license was expired and I couldn't renew it. I couldn't go to the DMV because I had an expired license. And and so I, I explained that and I explained that the lab wouldn't take that as my identification, which sucks. It's like it's to prove it's you. Just because it's expired doesn't mean it's not me with my name and face on there. Yeah, that. I hate that. To, it's so too. dumb and then and so like I called MSG to explain and see if they could work something else. like, Well then we're gonna have to rescind our offer.
1: Was it a good offer?
0: It was no. I mean it was a shitty part time job, but yeah. I needed that shitty part time job right. at that point in my life. And it just was like it was so disgusting, yeah like the way they treated me. Yeah. So I have a vendetta against MSG. I understand. But, uh, it's still the greatest you know. arena on the planet, though. <laughs> well, what's interesting is, like, I didn't know this at the time. My favorite arena that I've been to is The Forum in Inglewood, where mm-hmm. I saw Michael Bisping uh, knock out Luke Rockhold. That's owned by MSG. Oh, is it really? I didn't know. It's like it's like Madison Square Garden Holdings or whatever. Mm. It's like their whole thing. Who knew? I, yeah. You know. I, but,
1: I have such a special place in my heart for MSG because I've been going to Ranger Games my entire life. Uh, hockey. I a Billy Joel a couple hockey times. is my I'm favorite so sport I've seen Billy Joel there eight times uh, I have such a special place and also because of UFC 217 and yeah. I don't know if I've ever told you this story but when UFC 217 happened I like I was dating a girl before that and she had a daughter also uh, but she was like a very young yeah like a year and a half when I started dating oh uh, wow and then we dated for like two years. So she was like almost four. She was like three and a half. And her dad wasn't around at the time. And so I was like very close with this, this little girl. And then like the dad came back in the picture. It's a long story. So we, I, when the dad came back in the picture, she told my girlfriend, Tom's not allowed to see my daughter anymore. Like, and I was like, well, how can I continue dating you if I can't see your daughter? It was a, it was a whole thing. Yeah. So it just ended up like, we just ended breaking things off which so like I lost my girlfriend I I could really consider that girl my daughter so like it felt like I lost my daughter um, me and my best friend at that time had gotten in a big argument so I wasn't seeing my best friend anymore wow. so like three things happened like bing bang boom within a week of each other like just it was a That's fucking so mess shitty. and then MSG was coming like the, they were coming to MSG the UFC GSP is headlining and GSP is one of my like one of my of all time favorites yeah. like he gets he gets a lot of shit for his like grappling style whatever but like big jiu-jitsu guy. guy loved love George St. Pierre so i was like dude i'm fucking going and i had asked my cousin who lives in new york to go with me and he's like dude i'm in med school i can't afford tickets i'm like i'll buy tickets for you he's like how much are they i'm like don't worry about it and then he looked it up and he's like dude these tickets are like $800 for like the cheapest tickets i'm like i don't give a fuck i'm going to this event and i want to go with you I'm buying you a ticket, and we're going to this event. So I spent, like, after the fees and whatnot, like almost two grand on fucking seats to go. Wow. And then fucking Joanna lost, which was unfortunate, but, like, a title changing hands is always exciting. Yeah. Even if it's your least favorite, like, your favorite fighter losing. It's always yeah. exciting when a champion loses. And then the next champion loses. And yeah. And the next champion, G- GSP, takes four years off, comes in, up a weight class. Insane. I'm like, it was fucking unbelievable yeah my the best sporting event i've ever been to i just i love that place i've I loved love yeah. that place without that moment but like i i get why you yeah. why you have a, a vendetta but like
0: it's weird that like that's part of the reason why i hate it because i had this great moment and they fucking fucked me over yeah and that's part of why you love it yeah yeah same, day two, same day two different experiences two different experiences um <coughs> so yeah all that to say uh, I'm excited for Aspen Aspinall Pavlovich. Yeah, yeah. It is the more relevant fight, I agree. Um and it sucks that like I wish you're right, Aspinall is like more he's like uh what's the what I'm looking for? Like he's marketable, he's mm-hmm. like entertaining in a in a funny way. Pavlovich is like doesn't speak English. Yeah. Looks like he a also... science teacher. Yeah. <clears throat> um well like a Jack science teacher. Yeah. yeah. Um You don't probably don't know this from Twitter. Someone made this fucking Uh, someone made this fucking meme of him that he didn't understand because it was in English and he shared and it was like kind of problematic because they were like (laughs) it was like reasons why Pavlovich is great and it was some fucking incel trolling and like one of the things he uh, he did was like white he put like white supremacy and then like in the parentheses it was like knocked out Derek Lewis or someone it was really really fucked up and he shared it (laughs) Because they fucking, it's like how the trolls get this big when they get him to like read out oh the like Oh my God. Uh, Did you see the one where. Alt F4? Oh my God. <laughs> you uh, fucked it up, you dickhead. <laughs> 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 I wish I, I would have been like, no, don't press Alt
1: F4. He gets got on that show so much. Like why he ever listens to anything that comes up in that chat. Like Oh, you fucked it up, you prick. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you fucking prick. You booked it for everyone, you dickhead. Dick Ross is in stitches right now.
2: <laughs>
1: I've
0: watched that clip like
1: forty times. Because <laughs> he's going, it's like he has no fucking idea how to work a computer. He's literally
0: like has his glasses on and he's like. asking for help. Like
1: he's just just wants. He's just an old man that he's wants help like, with a computer. Yeah. And then someone tells
0: him, and he's like, "Oh, this is a helpful person." <laughs> oh, you uh-huh. fucked it up, you <laughs> prick. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone listening don't know he's trying to pull up a stream of something and like alt f4 closes out the <coughs> window you're in so he's trying to pull it up trying to figure out how to sink everything and like why is it not sinking and then like so he sees in the chat press alt f4 okay it closes
3: out he's like oh you fucking prick
1: oh you fucked it up you prick oh man brilliant stuff <laughs> brilliant stuff michael oh my god <laughs> every I'm time crying. he gets got it makes me laugh yeah
0: all right, so that was number one. Thank you, Dave, for that question. He's got number two. Says if if Potato wins, would you like to see him fight Izzy at two hundred five? Are you done with it? I'm, dude. I'm so done. Yeah, I've had enough. I've had enough. Yeah. I, especially, I'm done with Izzy at two hundred five in general.
1: Yeah.
0: But then, especially, I'm done with that series. Yeah, yeah, like, I've had enough of it. Uh, I don't agree with Izzy that like, oh, because I beat him the one time that now, like, I don't yeah. need to do it. But like, he beat for you me, four times. Three. Wasn't it three in kickboxing? Four. No, it was twice in kickboxing. Oh, twice. Okay. Twice okay. in kickboxing, twice in MMA. I, I'm done. Like,
1: yeah, yeah, I've seen enough.
0: Um, and, like, I do get Aegis Legend to an extent because, like, he was winning the first fight. Bad decision. He was winning the second fight. Got caught. He was winning the first MMA fight. Got, so, like, yeah. the fact that he wrote the wrong, rewrote the wrong, I, yeah. I get it, but, like, you're still, you're, yeah, you're yeah, one no, in three. I've dude. had
1: enough. And uh, I, I, think, I think it's he's got more intriguing fights at 205 with Jamal coming back. Who's also a striker. And can we talk about the Anthony Smith thing with, with him and Alex? Are you familiar with what's going on? They
0: have have a beef, right? I don't know what it's about.
1: It's really stupid. And it's, it's a, Anthony says that he thinks it's a language barrier. And I agree. So when Alex first moved up to two hundred five, and Anthony's like an analyst for like ESPN or Fox or whatever, I think it's ESPN, and yeah, they were asking him about like what he looked like at two. I don't remember if it was before or after the fight. And all Anthony said was like, you know he he's still a big guy, but he's not the big scary monster at two hundred five like he was at eighty five. He's gonna have to rely more on his skills as opposed to his size. And Alex took that as offensive as like thinking you're he's like oh you're calling me a little bitch or you calling me like like I, I, i'm not skilled enough like he got all offended by wow. that comment by saying like he's he's got the skills to compete here but he has to focus more on the skills as opposed to his size because he's not the biggest guy anymore and that's essentially all anthony smith said and and alex is just like got really offended by it and uh even said, like, dude, I'd slap you in a grappling match. Like, let's do a fucking grappling. Like, he's yeah. really upset with Anthony over it. And Anthony's like, dude, if he fucking wins and wants to give me a title fight, like, sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, dude. But, I mean, I, I don't think Anthony is in the place for a title fight. But um, no. I, I'm a big Anthony Smith fan. Although he's been getting shit on on the timeline this week a lot. I don't get it. Uh, but I love Anthony Smith. So if he gets yeah. a title fight, I'd love it. But, like, Alex and Jamal, or even Yuri and Jamal. Like so, whoever yeah. wins this fight, I don't know where Jamal is in his recovery with his Achilles, um, but Jamal versus either one of those guys is like fucking. Yeah, that's um, great. Really on board for it.
0: Yeah, dude, uh, I fucking do not like Jamal Hill at all. Me neither. He's such a shit person. Yeah, he's an exciting fighter to an extent. Yeah, like there's. Yeah, I like watching him fight, him. but. Him versus uh, Alex or Yuri. I really want to do the Yuri one. I think it's because I'm more of a fan of Yuri. But, like... I do want to say, though, that,
1: like, the clips that I watch of Jamal from his YouTube channel, which has only been when he's talking about Ariel, yeah, looks really good and sounds really good. Like his, that's what I've heard, the production his value. His production is like... value is really high level. Yeah. And that's, like, shocking. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, I, I wish he would... He, like... He talks shit about Ariel, and Ariel's like, where he says shit like, oh, Ariel won't talk like this to other fighters. Like, why don't you talk like this to other fighters? You only talk like this to Ariel. Yeah. Why don't you talk like this about any of the other fighters in your fucking division? Yeah. All you do is talk shit about Ariel. Yeah. And, like, whether, whether I agree with what he's saying or not, you're talking shit to a journalist. It's like when yeah. Paddy Pimblett was doing this shit. Like, yeah. he's a journalist. He doesn't want to be a fighter. He doesn't claim to be a fighter. Like, and then he's like, oh, look yeah. look how much of a bitch he was in that Dylan, Dennis, Logan Paul. Like, he scurried away. Like, like yeah, people were throwing yeah. shit. Like, yeah. why the fuck would I stand in the middle of the people throwing shit? Like, you dumb fuck. Yeah. Yeah, fuck Jamal Hill. Yeah, fuck Jamal Hill. He's really exciting to, to watch fight. But, yeah, he's annoying as fuck.
0: Annoying as shit. All right, so. That was that. Was there a third part to? There was a else? third. Oh. Uh, to, to well, there's the third. He kind of there's separate questions, but there's a third question. He said, if Yuri wins, which mythological beast would you like to, him to fight in the octagon with his katana? A kraken. A kraken. I want him to fight like a minotaur. because like the kraken is, is the like minotaur, like a A bullhead. It's like it's like it's like a man. I don't know if it has like. Horse legs or something? I don't think so, because that would be a centaur. I think it's, centaur. That's what I was
1: thinking of. Yeah. I'd like to see him fight a centaur. A centaur. Too. Yeah,
0: I would like to see him fight a fucking minotaur. It's like big fucking jacked man, but the head of a bull. Yeah, that I feel like actually would be insane. It'd be so insane.
1: Yeah, I. Fucking, he's so wild. But
0: there I would he... like to see it fight. I would like it to be streamed on espn plus or five pass or whatever because minotaur in 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 the myth it's it's in a labyrinth i want i want to see that i yeah. don't want to see it in the octagon because he said in the octagon fuck it yeah it can be in an arena maybe it maybe it's like transparent figure out how to put on a monitor or whatever but you have to do it in a labyrinth i wanted to fight like have little traps and puzzles along the way he has to overcome it in the end it's a fucking minotaur i like that and he has to fight the Labyrinth.
1: Also, I'd like to see him fight a Basilisk in the Chamber of Secrets. <laughs> yeah, With the Sword of Gryffindor. With the Sword of Gryffindor. <laughs>
0: you think you're, I think he is a Gryffindor, probably.
1: Probably, yeah. Yeah. I would think so.
0: Yeah. He could also be a Hufflepuff because he's really emotional. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He's not a Ravenclaw, though. Definitely not. Definitely not a Slytherin, either. No. Jamal uh, Hill, that's a Jamal Slytherin.
0: That's a Slytherin. That's a Slytherin. That's a fucking dumbass Slytherin.
1: Yeah. Is that it? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh yeah that was it actually
1: minotaur that's a good one
0: yeah they could do it we're like okay they could have it where like figure out put a camera on him or something where he has to do like maybe okay maybe it ends up in the octagon but he has to go through a labyrinth to get there mm-hmm. like he has to go through a labyrinth that's the whole thing about the minotaur and like to me yuri and then in the, the l-
1: end of the labyrinth is the octagon exactly that's where the minotaur is yeah, yeah that's a good one
0: yeah that's great i fucking i would love that
1: yeah I like that a lot.
0: All right, shall we preview next week's fights? Oh, yeah.
1: We forgot about that part.
0: Yeah, you, try, you tried to do it before the break. Yes, I did.
1: Because
0: um, I actually really like this main card.
1: Yeah, main card's really good.
0: Um, so I want to see Diego Lopez versus Pat Zappatini. Yeah. Like, Diego gave Mosar Evloev a really hard time. Really
1: good. Yeah, he's a fucking monster. Really bad haircut. Yeah. <laughs> but really good fighter. Yeah. Um,
0: well, it's like emo hair, isn't it? It's yeah. like, Yeah, it's, it's really bad. It's like... Oh, d- does he have a picture anywhere? You're trying to figure out Pat Sabatini. Pat Sabatini is like a wrestler of Philadelphia. Yeah,
1: yeah he's a local guy. Um, Diego, Diego Lopez.
0: Yeah, I mean, look at that. That is... Oh, yeah, that's, just, that's, that's awful. That's bad. He also doesn't look like himself there. He looks like someone else.
1: He's got a weird-looking face. He does. But, man, he's good. Yeah.
0: I guess being ugly is the best base for MMA.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Um, yeah, I... Pat Sabatini, the local guy, I hate picking against the local guys, but
0: Diego mm. Lopez is really good. Yeah, Diego um, Lopez is really yeah, good. Yeah,
1: I'm going to go with Diego Lopez.
0: Yeah. You think by submission?
1: Probably. Yeah. That makes sense to me. You ever see um, Pat Sabatini get submitted in uh, when he was in CFFC, where his arm broke? No. Oh, let me see if I can find this video. It, it didn't break; it like dislocated. I forget, but. Yeah, some dude had, like, a Kimura or something. It was a weird grip, and then he, like, verbally tapped, and the guy, like, let go and dropped, and then his arm was just, like, flailing. Yeah, it was really fucking
0: gross. Ooh. I wonder if it's, like, Pat Sabatini arm break or... Oh, wait, it's oh, this, that's this a is... heel hook. When you see on his record who it was against, yeah, that's you can see and then idea. look up the the names. Actually, hold on. You, you had it on the other page. Yeah. James Gonzalez. This one. The fucking YouTube ads. I fucking hate them they
1: started playing ads on fucking (laughs) facebook videos now too which drives me nuts
0: do you remember that time we we the last time (laughs) i i think it was either the last time or the time before that when we recorded here when the intro was just that fucking james cross interview with the bryce mitchell clip and no one ever said shit about it oh yeah here okay here we go so they're Pat's on bottom or i think he's
1: on top He's almost got Oh ooh, oh yeah, yeah he's oh, got fuck. like a mirror lock almost. Oh
0: my god. Oh my god Oh no Look at it,
1: look at it. That was a minute into round one. Oh
0: my god.
1: Yeah. Yeah, really gnarly. He's a tough son of a bitch. It was um, almost like he was trying to
0: set up an omoplata or something, yeah. but but he was like he was almost like doing the rampage slam where he was going to pick him up. Yeah. And, and oh, it
1: just, oh. Yeah, I don't think it was broken. I think it ended up being a dislocated elbow, which is not worse, great. Yeah. Um, but a similar injury to what Jamal, Jamal Hill, Hill had against Paul Craig. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, similar. Yeah. Oh. Um, and then here's my pick for fight of the night: Matt Favola versus Benoit Saint Denis.
0: Absolute goddamn Lulu. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, know, I, I feel like there's be... some bangers on the prelims. Uh, I was gonna talk about fucking uh, Slava Claus uh, Vyacheslav Borishev oh, versus, yeah, yeah. versus the Sadikas, whatever. Dude, I loved his interview on the. MMA Me too. Hour.
1: I, I was gonna skip it, but I'm glad, glad I listened. Yeah, yeah. It was fun.
0: He just he's got just a great personality, and not even like super. He's not, like, funny. He's not, what I mean, of, of according to Uriah, he's, like, you know, in the gym, like, dancing and shit. Yeah, and, like, he's whatever, just, but, like, like
1: an, just, like, an upbeat, positive guy.
0: Positive down to earth. And, like, talking about, like, how he almost walked away. Yeah. And Uriah.
1: Uriah convinced him not to. Yeah. What and and, and I liked where he said, like, I I was done. Like, I was fully convinced that I was done. But Uriah convinced me because I trust him. He just that. said, like, because I trust him, he told me I could do it, I could do it. Yeah. I was like, wow. Yeah, that's to put to have that level of trust in your coach is a huge, huge, huge thing. Yeah. Uh, so I I I found that to be kind of wholesome. Where like yeah, I didn't believe in myself, but he did, and I trust him, so I, I went with it what he said.
0: And I love I love what Uriah said too, where he was like, I think Uriah said, like, "Have you ever been in that position before?" Like someone saying they're done, and you. Why he was like, Yeah, no, sometimes they are. Like you hear someone say, it and you know they're done. Like you maybe knew it before they did, but like. He's like, no, I, he was not done. He, yeah. I knew he needed that.
1: I I loved his part where he was talking about where like where, I I know where people want to fight. Yeah, and he's like, I had this 18 year old kid yeah. who's like, he's like you don't understand, I'm yeah, ready, bro. Yeah, you don't understand, I'm ready. He's like, okay, well, there's this 15 year old Co- girl over here
0: of 115 pounds. It was Corey McKenna. Like, uh, I
1: thought she was young too, or was that some? Was that a different one where he said like, here's a 15 year old kid, and then uh, maybe. I, I forget, know. but but there was he told a couple of different stories where people like really really wanted yeah. to fight and like okay well here's a 115 pound girl and yeah he's Corey McKenna and then she beats the shit out of yeah. him like I love those stories I love that yeah. yeah I'm usually the guy in our gym like all right go spar with Tom he's never yeah. won a fight and see how you <laughs> do against him <laughs>
0: that's so funny
1: yeah so who do you think is going to win that fight though for or Saint Denis
0: I mean I don't know but I'm backing for Vola yeah I like
1: Volo a lot I. And I generally don't like when people do call outs they know they're not gonna get, but watching him just continuously try uh, patty out Patty Pimblet for years after Great. every fight is hilarious. Yeah. Like it, it's annoying. Like it's good at first, and then it gets annoying, and then it's good again. Yeah, exactly exactly. <laughs> he's actually the, the, the good again yeah. part. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then we got the battle of the divorces.
0: Oh um, my god, I could not <laughs> believe when you told me that. Yeah, so was this off mic or on mic? I think it was during break when you were like, Tom looks at me and he goes, Mackenzie Dern's getting hotter. <laughs> <laughs> and like the look of it was like almost like concern, I thought. I was just like, <laughs> dude,
1: if you, like, she's becoming too powerful. You need to see what she, if you didn't see, look up Mackenzie Dern's media day. Like she just looked so goddamn pretty. Like yeah, she, she is, had this
0: nice like lavender blouse or oh, some shit on there. Like, God, she's great. <laughs> just came out um, I said
1: that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm rocking a chub right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I saw something earlier that was like, it was a screenshot with a quote of Mackenzie Dern talking about how this fight is just about paying her ex. And then Jessica Andrade has a has a quote, because she's also getting divorced, where she said like the reason she's taken five fights this year is because she's getting divorced and it's expensive. And then, yeah. and then somebody took those two screenshots and posted them and then captured it with, uh, John Attic is going to say some really normal things during this fight. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Both of these fighters are battling custody oh, battles. Oh. Like, I could not fucking believe that. I could not fucking... And like, he's like the consummate professional. Yeah. And he's just so good at his job. That they're like, to talk about that, it was... I'll never forget, it was like Chris Gutierrez and Andre... Oh, I can fucking picture the guy. He was on, on Rhino's show. Um...
1: Rhino's punching the air right now that you're not remembering. I know, I
0: know. Now I'm going to look it up because I <coughs> gonna...
1: Yeah, that that fight is, I feel really bad for both of them. Oh, she's lost three in a row. Holy shit.
0: Andre Yule. I'm not even there yet. It's okay. Andre Yule. I'm just, I'm just going to confirm. It, it, it just came to me. Yeah, she's had five fights this year.
1: Lauren Murphy, Andre Aaron Yule. Blanchfield, Yanshan, and Tatiana Suarez. Being that she's got two submission losses, I'm going to pick Mackenzie Dern. However, Mackenzie Dern does not have great takedowns.
0: Yes. I think Jessica Andrade is the more complete fighter. Um, Mackenzie Dern, like her Angela Hill fight was just insane.
1: Yeah, I know that she's been working with Henry Cejudo on her wrestling. Really? Mackenzie has? Yeah. Um, Which could be helpful.
0: That's interesting. Cejudo becoming like a prolific coach.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> unfortunate. Yeah, I agree, uh-huh. unfortunately. Uh, but, yeah, I... Because he won't shut up about it. Yeah.
0: I'm the greatest of all time. Like
1: I hate uh, his voice inflections. I know. Um. Yeah, I'm picking Dern. Yeah. Have yeah. you seen that, Uh, the Jessica and Draj nudes?
0: I have. I, I I know your reaction. I gotta be honest with you. Didn't hate it didn't love it
1: either <laughs> look she's fine she's a sweetheart yeah. i shouldn't have even brought it up yeah but like every time i see her i just you think about it see the picture of her holding a rose over her puss <laughs> i don't know i it just it's what i see and i just wish Mackenzie dern would do something similar. <laughs> now that's worth 7.99 a month
0: <laughs> oh you're so funny um
1: that's good because i'm trying to be a comedian yeah Hey. Uh not trying to be, you are. Correct. You are a comedian. Yeah. I I am not a comedian until next Friday when I get paid for doing a show for the first time. That's when I'll officially feel like one. Okay. But for now I'm just I'm trying. <laughs> uh and then we got the heavyweights Sergey and Tom. We kind of already talked about this.
0: Yeah. Oh, I forgot that the co man. For some reason after the main, I was like, did we skip a yeah. fight? No.
1: Yeah, they are co man. I think because they're Interim, and it's a short notice thing. Yeah, yeah. No, um, I
0: I remember now that there was a whole thing because they want to promote a real title fight. Yeah, on
1: the... yeah so I, I'm picking Tom, but Sergey's good too. Sergey's really yes.
0: good. Sergey's good, and also, like, what's crazy is, like, they both have the shortest average fight time in the UFC. Yeah. Which is wild. Yeah. I mean, it's the heavyweight division, so it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. But it's just interesting that, like, those two are matched up for a title right now. And interestingly enough, because it's a title, I think we at least see a second round. I'm hoping. Yeah, I hope like, so, too. Cause, and they both have a ton of first-round finishes. I think Sergey's on, like, a six-fight streak of first-round finishes yep. or something, but, like... Yep. And, like, Tom's fight, was in the first round. Um, yeah, he's good.
1: Yeah, they're both really good. Uh, I think they have very different skill sets. Yes. Um. If... I think if Tom can get it out of the first round, it's gonna look good for him, even on short yes. notice. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm picking Tom.
0: Me too. I think I think what he does is he kind of hopefully uses his footwork to freeze him and maybe f- makes him think that he's going to stand a little bit, and then he takes him down and chokes him out.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm going Aspinall by submission.
0: Yeah, me too. That or like ground and pound TKO. Yeah. I think a finish on the ground is is yeah. is what we're yeah. we're, lo- we're looking for.
1: And the main event. <sighs>
0: This Yuri honestly, Prohoska like it could be Alex, it's a yeah. it's a coin flip. Yeah. Because Yuri will get drawn to these firefights and like Alex has been in there. Yeah. He's been there and done that.
1: So here's here's my my thing with that is and kind of Anthony Smith kind of t- talked about this on Ariel's show is Yuri Prohaska is very hittable.
0: Yes. Very hittable. That's what I was thinking too. He'll take one to give one.
1: But he's also like I don't think I've ever seen anyone take a punch as hard as he took that left hand from Dominic Reyes. When he like overextended with that right hand and Dominic stepped back and caught him with one of the cleanest punches I've ever seen and it didn't face him at all. But then like you see him get knocked out by King Mo back in the day. So oh, like yeah. he's very hittable, but he's also tough as shit and has a really good chin. But that left hook from Alex is is, yeah. Is it, will it hold up at this weight class? Because it didn't do much against Jan when he fought, you know, Blahovic. So it's, it's a, it's a really tough fight. I'm leaning towards Yiri. I want Alex to win. Cause I really like Alex uh, a lot. And watching him get the double champ before Izzy would be just another notch on the, the Izzy win side. But I'm going to lean, I'm leaning Yiri.
0: I'm I'm leaning Yuri and like for me it's it's like sort of like the reverse of what you said like I like both guys but I really like Yuri yeah and I think also uh, if it if it was Alex like I'll, I'll be happy either way I'll be happy for either guy yeah although I feel like Yuri is gonna be like just distraught like I'll be probably upset for him yeah but uh, Alex getting the double champ like you said not not I'm not even thinking about it in the context of like uh, getting a notch over Izzy it's just like it's so insane how he has so little experience and he's like vaulted into like these title fights. If he pulls it off, he will be like the most beatable double champ in history. Yeah. Because if you think about the double champs, Connor, granted, he's beatable, but like he's also talented striker. Like, insanely talented, like Henry Cejudo, one of the greatest, Amanda Nunes, GSP, DC. like DC. These are all... All time greats, yeah. I and mean, then it's like a guy who has no wrestling.
1: Yeah, he's got he's eight and two <laughs> in his his MMA career, so this is his eleventh career MMA fight, and he could win a championship in a second weight class. Insane. And <clears throat> I would just like to say that I said this a while ago, that I said <clears throat> that Alex. I, I don't remember if I said this before he beat Izzy or after he beat Izzy, but I said that he beats Izzy, and then if he wants to move up, I wouldn't necessarily hate his chances against Yuri or Jamal. Uh,
0: yeah, because they're then, all strikers.
1: And then I also yeah. said... If he so chooses to move up to heavyweight after that and say Surreal gone is champion at that time, I don't necessarily hate his chances against Surreal, and then he could be a three-weight world champion and still suck at MMA. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. That's why I don't hate his chances against Cyril either. I mean, he's absolutely fucked against uh, like Aspinall. Aspinall or Sergey. Yeah, but yeah,
1: um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm leaning eerie. But I would love to see Alex win.
0: <coughs> yeah. No, it's um, it's gonna be a wild night of fights. It's not like these crazy stacked cards we usually get with uh, MSG, but
1: yeah, it's it's gonna be a good one though.
0: Yeah. I uh, oh,
1: Loopy's on this card. Maybe that's where you saw got
0: that. it. Well, I, I thought she also fought recently because that's her thing. I'm she sure she did. Like...
1: Yeah. Let's see when her yeah when's her last fight. Uh, September. On the Grasso. Oh yeah. Like the,
0: the, a... so yeah not not. Not, not too long not ago. Not too long ago. That's a pretty quick turnaround. That's like yeah, camp like to camp. Months, that's like yeah. going, right, camps, yeah. going right into it. Fuck it. Eh? Yeah, who, who is Loopy fighting? Tabitha Ricci? Yeah. Oh, that's the girl with the fucking hot... Uh, uh, I thought
1: you were going to say dump truck ass. <laughs> you know,
0: I think that too. She's got I think a sternum tattoo. tattoo. She's got like a Naruto. Oh, sternum. maybe.
1: I don't know. I just am too busy looking at them cheeks. Yeah.
0: Yeah, she's a, an absolute fucking dump truck. All
1: right, I think oh. that's all we got. That's the main event, right?
0: Yeah. Yep. Oh, Jared Gordon versus Marco Madsen. Um, John Castaneda, that's a Sexy Mexi. Oh. That's a weird catch weight of one thirty. Oh, he missed weight. Is that Oh, it?
1: They both weighed in at 138, so it must have been an agreed upon.
0: Oh, that's weird. Yeah. That's a weird catch weight.
1: Yeah. They usually go like 140. Yeah,
0: exactly. That is so weird. Yeah, I Kang Kyung Ho. West. That's Mister Perfect. That's so funny. That's like the like two, sexy Mexi. Yes, is, yeah. Isn't that his name? Nickname Mister Perfect. Yep. Mister Perfect, and then versus Sexy Mexi. That's hilarious. Crazy. I remember watching Sexy Mexi in Combate Americas because like there was a time when I used to be obsessed with like
1: oh Sam Alvey um, got a win in Combate or Karate Combat. Up. Oh Karate Combat. Yeah.
0: That, yeah. Yeah. Not karate, Combat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man, the fucking... I would say there was a time when I was obsessed with like trying to prove, like, I'm not a casual bro, like, I'll watch whatever. And, like, I watched Sexy Mexi and Combate Americas, and I was just like... The I second fuck... biggest organization in the world, according <laughs> he, to that Oh, my guy. God. I've ca- Campbell McLaren, dude. What a character. Yeah, what a guy. What a character. What a guy. All right, well, I guess it's yeah, just time to shout, yeah. shout out the patrons and get, the, get the fuck that. out of here. Do you have the list, sir? I do. I have it pulled up right here. Um,
1: when you post the audio on Patreon, does it get sent
0: out? It doesn't. We'll go over that. Okay. After. Yeah, I we'll go over that It's been a mind. while since we recorded recording. That's person. okay. I forget how it goes. Um... Jesus, where's our patrons? Oh, here we go. All right, shout out to APB, Sandy Pants, Alex from Jersey, T-Cross, Fee, Dave L, Jimmy the Drunk, Mix the Man, Anonymous, David Everett, Wholesome MMA, Supermanly Nick, David S, D-Crons, Harry Andrew. Cakes, qar dash zim and shane tara thank you guys for your continued support we would not be doing this show without you um we're going to try to be more consistent as we talked about schedules opening up a little bit um uh, tom anything else before we let go uh yeah one